Destiny 2. Will it ever come back? Hello! It's me. Rest in peace, earphone listeners. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, hello, welcome to Triangle Squared, Places Podcast. I think this is episode, what, 42? But 42. before we get into that, we're just going to make sure we're doing right, because, you know, Twitter apparently thought I was talking about episode 21. This is Triangle Squared, Places Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck. Alongside me, Saul. Bridges, your other hosts, bringing you lucky episode 42, not 21. That winner, winner, time. chicken dinner. Yeah, that was a good time. You got to start though. remembering that, Saul. I can't be picking up a slack on that. That's your role. That you is, know? hey, 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 you said my name first, and I just finished it. I that is said, true. I, I apologize. I've stepped, I, stepped on your toesies, and you've stepped back on mine. I did. That's okay. Our toesies can be fixed. Uh, well, Saul. They can't. It's yes. been a weird, weird day, but. It's been a weird, weird week. I'm sorry that we're getting started a little bit later than usual, but hey, we post every Monday on YouTube at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST to YouTube or SoundCloud, any of the podcast services you'd like to listen to us on. So if you check us out on uh, podcast services, specifically iTunes, if you'd give us a rating, helps us get seen and uh, a review also to tell us how we're doing, if there's anything we could do better. Or leave us a, a Or just tell us that you YouTube. hate us because, you know, that's cool too. Or that no, you love us. Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to do. Your feelings are it's, your it's feelings. A free, it's a free world. or it, 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 Somewhat. I mean, you know. for now. <laughs> Until the lizards come down from the moon, no, you know the lizard moon theory, though. No, they're in the Earth. I thought. Is hold there, on, hold on. I thought the lizards a, were down on Earth, but their base is the moon, and the moon is like some kind of weird see-through thing. We're near Automata now. I said it again. You people who pronounce that game wrong have gotten into my head, and now I can. I, maybe, like, maybe somewhere there's an argument that that is actually how you're supposed to pronounce it, but the word stems from automation, yes. so wouldn't it be to Automata? automation automata so you said it wrong again well but i'm I'm actually sitting there trying to think of how you would break Uh, it down okay yeah i mean automation so automata automata near automata Automata. and that's how i say it that's how i I normally say but automata just sounds automata that sounds like transformers transformers automata (laughs) i mean there never mind transformers spoilers Oh God! Don't even. Yeah, don't even. <laughs> I almost let it slip. You guys are saved from. Spoilers. Okay. Well, Saul, what have you been playing this week, man? Um, enter the gungeon like normal. Uh, like normal. Yeah. So have you got any further? Nope. Sure haven't. Uh, now I noticed you because you know I still haven't bought it yet, even though I played it at Blazes. I did enjoy it. I need to pick it up for too long, but I've also just got stuff to play. So I know that you were talking about like, you'd gotten eight layers through, is what you yeah, had said. But he was saying there's only five. So what's, yeah. the, what's going on? So, what's so going it's on? the uh, there's a hidden layer. In the very first, um, I, I'm trying to think of that floor of the dungeon. You messed the table up. In the very first floor of the dungeon, there is this fireplace. And you can use a water weapon, or there is typically a water barrel in that room. Typically, there is one somewhere else on the level. And you can roll it into the fire and go into something called the oblet, or the oblet. I'm not too sure how to pronounce that name, or word I mean. But um, I was getting those levels mixed up. Um, so I'm actually a lot closer to the end than I thought. Um, so what is the out, end in a game like that, though? I mean, because there's no real story to the game, uh, right? I, I don't know. No, there is no story. Um, it's just procedurally generated. I do know that there is there's a final boss, and I do know that after you beat the final boss, you can go through and unlock more playable characters. There's a bullet you can play as that's really cool. He has, he has <laughs> of course a, there is. He has a potential sword weapon that when he has full health, he shoots out beams. 
kind sure. of similar like uh, Link in the older Zelda games. Sure, sure. Um, and then there's a robot character, uh, which is pretty cool too. He doesn't have health bars; he just has armor bars, like how the uh, Marine starts off with. He has sure. a, he has a single armor, um, and little robot has six of those, which equals out to basically uh, three hearts. But um, yeah, I've, I've been playing so on a that. character like that though. If you pick up a heart, do you still get a heart? Nope, I don't think you can pick up a heart. Um, I think an item could give you a heart, but I could be wrong on that. That's that's just my speculation. Um, but yeah, just kind of playing that. I picked up Rainbow Six Siege. So if you are a listener, I know Hazmat Jeff is, and I know um somebody else from the kind of funny best friends podcast. Um, uh, said wasn't it, on it Miguel? Post. Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, it was. Uh, Miguel and um Jeff are both playing. I know W Squared said he was he would play it with me. So if you guys like playing Siege, uh, I'm looking for people to play with. We always put our PSN IDs in the description below. And of course, Jonathan and uh, Dylan. Jonathan you know. and Dylan, they play it a lot too. Our friends over at Shenanigans and such. Those but, are obvious, easy answers. <laughs> yeah, and, and if they're online, I'll probably hop in and play with them for sure. I'll send them an invite. But sure. yeah, super fun game. Um, I've just been having a real big urge to play a really, really good uh, first-person shooter PvP game, and why not go with a very slow and strategical first-person shooter like that? So you're just out of Call of Duty, right? World War II? Yeah, kind of just burn out on it. Um, the, Rather quickly, it seems. Um, I would say so, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I stuck with Black Ops 3 for till at least March. Yeah, you, so, were, you were good a few months in Black Ops 3. Cause, yeah, I mean, Black Ops 3 was a great game. And so no. was World War Two, but um, I kind of I got an epic um weapon skin, I guess is what they're called for one of my favorite guns. And after I got that, it's kind of like, well, why use anything else? Which took out some of the fun and unlocking everything. And then between playing Near and then uh, a couple other games here and there, you between, just haven't gone back. I just haven't gone back. I, uh, yeah, that happens even on games I want to play. Yeah, and it's of just... course uh, I played GTA Online with Ryan and um, John the other night when that was super fun you were there in the party chat i was just listening to y'all being wild and Dude, we were having I'm weird, you, weird you, chats but you, you know. should pick up that game for online alone because i would argue that that game's online is more fun than the division like if we're all online and they're like i'm gonna play division i'm like i'd rather play grand theft auto but fine we'll do that grand theft auto is so much more there's so all right much- ryan the, uh, there we go we know that we can just go ahead and press on without solving the division <laughs> so no worries there we're just gonna be I level mean, 37 ryan- by the time i don't even know what the level cap is i think it's 30 but uh yeah, but yeah, uh, Division is super fun, but after playing again online with Ryan and John, it's something I haven't been able to do with friends since the 360, so... Oh, yeah, specifically yeah. Grand Theft Auto Online? Yeah, specifically Grand Theft Auto Online, and it's super fun, and okay, just so much freedom and, and variety in there, um, but that's really it. I've kind of been playing, I finally beat Metroid Samus Returns on the Oh, 3DS, yeah, I forgot you're playing that. And I'm kind of trekking through Majora's Mask again. But other than that, I don't really think there's been much. Uh, but what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, well, it's been a little bit of a weird week for me. So I kept going on Sundered. I did have to do more construction crap. You know, I was doing that last time. Uh, and then I had to go through with that. And Monday ended up being taken up by that. But it kind of broke down to where I got to play some stuff. So I finally finished Sundered. And whoa, what a good game. I mean, really just super fun game. So, you finished that when we were playing the other night, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. The way that it ends... I want to see the other boss fights because the last boss that I fought was fun, and I know that there's different bosses depending on how you play the game. So since even though I only kept on accident the one power, you know, only consumed one of the Elder Shards instead of destroying it, uh, I did technically get the middle boss, which is if you play the game both ways. Um, 
So I do have it. I probably will go back and get at least one of the other endings. Probably the straight pure ending because I wanted that to be my ending from the get go. Um, but it was really fun. It's uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's that it's that fun of a game that I will go back to, and I know that much. Uh, one of the things that's interesting is that you know a lot of games have problems ending. Uh, and I will say this game did somewhat suffer from that. Whereas like, you know, the ending kind of felt abrupt, like literally either happens, like you fight the boss and the mechanically driven, like mechanically wise, the boss is really fun. And then as soon as you're done with the boss, it's like the short scene, a short scene happens and you kind of come up and it's just, it's real quick and you almost feel like there's gonna be something else and then it's just over. Um, that's the worst kind of thing. To it, it wasn't. A, it, it wasn't a huge deal, but it, it is something. Yeah, but I want you know most movies fall apart. What most people say is that they fall apart in the third act. This is not one of those situations. The game was literally great up until I beat the final boss, and then the ending just happened. I was like, yeah, for everything I did, that was a little underwhelming. But yeah. also maybe that's because of the ending I did. Maybe the pure good or pure bad endings are better. That's true. Uh, I don't know, and maybe it just feels better from the general pull of the story i really wish that the game wouldn't have screwed me up on that and that i wish i'd have known what i was able to do or that it didn't save so much that as soon as it did it i couldn't go back and undo it because i literally as soon as it did it i turned my ps4 off and then turned it back on and i was like it auto save crap uh, um yeah. which you know i mean i guess i'm glad it does auto save because what i've moved on to from sundered is uh because i was kind of looking at what i want to play and i bought a couple of games on the sale like rhyme and i do look to get to rhyme soon but i was like you know what i'm gonna ride out this little 2d idea which i bought a few about trying as well and i'm probably gonna hop into trying soon but i hopped into a game that i've had on ps plus for free for like two years maybe three years uh it's dust and elysian tale I don't even know if you remember it. it I mean, because I don't think you had a PS4 at the time that it was free. Uh, but it's kind of like anthropomorphic, you know, animals, uh, weird kind of world like that. And none of them are just straight human. Uh, it's it kind of dust? dust and Elysian Tale. And it's got an interesting art style. It's also um, an Elysian. In Elysian? An. A N, so. Ah. <laughs> I think it said dust in. And I was like, okay, dust in. I was like, I ain't finding it. Uh, but. Anyway, it's a, it's a hand-drawn game just like um, Sundered was. A little different because it does use some 3D animation, whereas Dust is almost... I mean, uh, whereas Sundered's like completely... But the games are really pretty, and they have an interesting premise. Uh, and this one has voice acting, like a lot of voice acting, uh, and it kind of surprised me, and it's actually got an all-right story. So I've been enjoying it so far. I'm, in, I'm uh, starting Chapter 3, I think, right now. I think I'm in Chapter 3. I don't know how far that is, Um but I do enjoy the game. I had to quit last night, though, because I was getting mad because there's an enemy where the game does this thing where it, early game, it constantly kind of gives you a good example of what what enemies are and how you defeat them. Yeah. Uh, but then I got to one enemy that gave me no indicator of what I should have been doing. But the game does sometimes say, use all of the things I've taught you so far. Oh, uh, okay. So that kind of... So I guess that's the justification is yeah. that you just, you got to try everything just to see what's going to damage them. Um so that's what I moved into, and then, of course, we did play The Division the other day. So that's actually all I've managed to have time to play. I've been trying to look for some time to play Vita, because I do need to get back to SteamWorld Dig 2, and I have also just kind of want to play a couple of Vita games and be a little more, like, trying. I saw over on SquareXO uh, that Dan had played, I think it was called just One More Dungeon or something like that, and it was like a first-person dungeon crawler, which used to I would have just steered away from because it didn't sound like my kind of game, but uh, but Severed really pulled me into that trying those and actually just seeing what it is. 
Um, it may have been called One More Dungeon. Yeah, okay, that's uh, it. Okay, yeah. Uh, but it's like a pixel-driven uh, first-person dungeon game, which, you know, I mean, for as much as I enjoyed uh, Severed, I am going to give this a try. Okay, it doesn't just look corridor-based, which is good. Like corridor-based for, for first-person uh, Like dungeons. Severed was? Yeah. Well, Severed, Severed was more fun, from, though, yeah, thankfully, yeah, cause um, like, than a lot of those, because I have played some of those, too, where you're, you're literally in a room and it's just changing direction. Yeah, the reason Severed was fun like is that. specifically because of the control scheme. Um, a DS game called Etrian Odyssey, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right, Etrian Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, do I remember definitely that game. am not a fan of those style games. But anyway, I'm going to try it anyway because there's a couple too. I think there's like Demon's Gaze or something like that on Vita. That's also a, a first-person dungeon experience. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on the name. I could be confusing it for something else. But I don't mind the idea, and I want to be a little more open with games because I had a. a, a literally, like I kept telling Ryan, like when we were playing, that like Sunders that game, I just couldn't quit. I, I couldn't put down. Until I beat it, and I was just like, "Man, this is so fun!" Like I didn't want to play anything else until I was beat. Until yeah, I beat it, but sundered. Yeah, and yeah. Dust doesn't have me that hard, but I do like Dust. But my point being is that a lot of these smaller games do have that kind of power, where it's things that those are types of games. Like Sundered is not a type of game you see any kind of like you know big budget title game. It's, that's the indie space now, and those kind of games just have a weird pull to them. Sometimes mechanically driven games, as much as I love story based games, games that are that mechanical just have a really interesting way to pull you in. That was also like the thing with um, Terraria, because like Terraria doesn't have a story; it's just so mechanically fun. That yeah. you just want to keep playing it, and there's there's so much to discover. Yeah, too, yeah, and I mean, fun. and that was also uh, you know sometimes the puzzle aspects of Severed when it's like, do I is this something I can actually get through with what I have, or is this something I need uh, a new perk or you know a, a new ability for? Yeah, and, and that's like, why I'm a big fan of Metroid games. Yeah, Metroid games are really fun. So uh, yeah, but that's about it. So. Uh, but you know what? So I'll go ahead and hop into the drop real quick so we can get moving with this. Sure thing. Not a super long drop. It's the beginning of the year. so Yeah, I figured it was still going to be slow. Now, yeah. I saw this Albert Auto game the other day. Yeah, uh, Albert Auto is, is number one on the list for PS4. Uh, super cool looking uh, cover art. Now, it, that's if I'm not mistaken, that's the game that's all... It, it's. It looks a lot like when you're actually playing it. It looks a lot like um, uh, Limbo. Like it oh. uses uh, it uses silhouette based gameplay. Like you don't actually see your character's features. It's all like white and black. And, That's super cool. I like Limbo a whole and lot. And then the color splash comes from your red thing, which I'm assuming is auto, since the little symbol you know up on the uh, logo is red as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting little looking game. I think that those types of games have a lot of room for people to like them. Yeah. There's yeah, just Limbo been a weird, a super good game. Yeah, I really need to go back and play Limbo because I played a little bit of it and I liked it, but uh, I also need to play. I need to go back and play Inside because uh, I have it, too, but it's super and short. I, yeah, I've never beat it. It's like four four and a half hours long. At most, yeah, that sounds I about think. right. I think Limbo was a lot like that too. So. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we have next up on the list. We have Beholder Complete Edition for PS4. We have Digimon Cy- or this these names Digimon Story. Me. Yeah, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory for PS4 out digital and now retail. I feel like I didn't hear about that one coming, but these these Cyber Sleuth games have been coming like every year I think. Yeah, and a lot there's a there's a huge people for love them. them. I mean, I watched Jonathan whenever he was like living here the first one the um, I think it was literally just called Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, and then these been, have all yeah. been sequels from that. But uh, there's been a couple I see a couple people hopping up on the timeline that really like it, so that's cool. Yeah, and I've been meaning to jump in on them, especially when I had a Vita. Yeah, I mean, they're turn-based, too, which is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, and not not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, it kind of makes me think of, like, Digimon World and stuff like that, older yeah, style Digimon I'm a, I'm a, I was a huge fan of Digimon when I was a kid, sure. so um, there's some good nostalgia there. Uh, we have Inner Space for PS4, Kerbal Space Program Enhanced Edition for PS4, Kingdom New Lands... I don't know what that is, but I like the little pixel art. Yeah, I do, too. Um, I thought it was a Vita game at first, but alas, it's only on PS4. 
We have Portal of Evil Stolen Runes for PS4. Rento Fortune for PS4 out Friday. Star Drone PSVR out Thursday, Wednesday. Street Fighter V completed or Arcade Edition for PS4, digital and retail available. And Vesta for PS4 out Friday. No Vita games this week, huh? No Vita games this week. Look at that. For the first time in, in a while where there's actually a decent week, there's not a single Vita game. That's kind of odd. And I got my hope it's up with a banner this week because that is uh, Beautiful Joe. Oh, yeah. That's, that's actually... stupid costume and... Arcade, yeah. yeah. The arcade edition of Super, <laughs> uh, Street Fighter Five, And it looked like they... So are carts... Uh, from what I've seen, are costumes available on all characters? I guess so. Because um, I saw what looked like... I am um, not the person to be asking with Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. I saw what looked like... Oh, Lord. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, Kun Lee. Lee, yeah, wearing what looked like uh, Ryu's outfit. I don't know if that's right or not, but I thought it was interesting in the list. Uh, okay, well, I guess I'll move into news. So it's been yes, a weird, sir. been another one of those weird weeks for news where I've also been busy, and uh, I just kind of took the stuff that caught my attention the most. So one of the things is, as we know, I'm a fan of remasters, and I think that there is a place for them, and also remakes, even though I have been liking what we've been seeing with remakes a little more lately. Uh, but if you're a fan of remasters, it's been a good week. Uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue uh, is coming to PS4 and Xbox One uh, on March 20th. And that does feature 4K, though they didn't say if it's upscaled or native or what. But 4K uh, support for PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. No mention of HDR. Uh, Dark Souls comes on May 25th. And that's upscaled. They did say upscaled 4K uh, for PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Neither one of them are native 4K. Uh, but they do have uh, 60 frames per second support on that game as well. Uh, Super good. Which is interesting, though, because do you remember that on PC for Dark Souls, it you was could do locked. DS fix, though, yeah, and it would DS unlock fix it. was a mod. But it, it messed the game up. Yeah, you don't want to, like... Well, I don't say mess it up, but it made, like, your jumps shorter it, and it, quicker, it, and it... Since it's still, it's emulating 60 frames, if I'm correct, so it's still kind of messing up well, I think it, I think it. Plays. I think it forces the game to 60 frames per second, but the game doesn't have anything. I, I, I don't have, actually understand that side of game making, but my assumption is because frames are going to be missing, it's trying to... Put frames in. Yeah, for those frames. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but I, I do remember it having it messed with the game. I guess it would make sense if you're adding frames that your jump would be shorter and stuff like that. And um, I'm super conflicted with this. I may, I'm, this may. Well, be, people are worried that it'll be the same thing here. It's 60 frames per second, but the game's not actually set for it. Couple things that are interesting. I think you'll you'll like. Uh, there was like some wild rumors about it being in Dark Souls Three engine. That's no. not going to be true, but it will be 60 frames per second. Um, they are. Adding Dark Souls 3's online thing where you use a password set, which is like Bloodborne, which is uh, good. to this one. Which uh, The servers are not peer-to-peer anymore. They are dedicated servers. That's good, too. Um, and what was the other thing? Oh, the multiplayer is going from four people to six, which, yeah, uh, which whether or not good. that's interesting to you, I do think that's a good idea. That, that allows, because I, I know you'll probably get it. I'll get it. Jonathan, Dylan, they'll probably get and it. And I do Reptar. like playing those games alone for the most part. Now, this is the thing about the Dark Souls games that I thought it was really interesting that Dark Souls 3 didn't have after Bloodborne is some kind of dungeon system like they did with the... Pre, with the oh, um, I'm glad. The Chalice Dungeons. The Chalice no, Dungeons. Keep them out. Keep them out. Well, hold on. But no. the, the reason I say that is for people who like playing the game itself pure, it makes more sense for friends to join up to go do something like a Chalice Dungeon that changes every time and stuff like that, where if I just want to enjoy the normal experience by myself, which I normally do unless I just absolutely find that I need help, which is rare, but it does happen. Um, or like what we did where it wasn't really help, but me and you were just taking turns on the, that was yeah. more like it was interesting because it's the first time we tried the, um, share play. The, yeah, the share play. Um, <clears throat> but outside of that, I mean, if it's a game that you kind of want to play on your own, but you like the idea of playing with friends, having the ability to have something that makes sense for you to go into with your friends makes sense to me. Well, I, 
I, did you not like the Chalice Dungeons at all? No, no, not not really at all. Um, they were fun. A lot of people were excited at the idea, and I know a lot of people who just generally liked them. They were fun, like a couple of them were, but grinding them to get all those, like I forgot even what they're called, materials to make the greater dungeons and stuff to get to the Queen of Yardum, that sure. stuff was tiresome, and by the end of it Do all, you think I it would have been more fun if you didn't grind it and kind of just, because you, you were grinding for the platinum. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, but do you think then, it would have been more fun if you had, a, if you literally were always playing with a group of friends and kind of just screwing around going through it? Just no, because even then it didn't feel like I, I breezed through every one of those dungeons except one, and that's just because I got stuck at the boss on one. Sure. Um. So with more people, I can imagine having like any fun with more people because it, it still puts you into that kind of. Because I know that the game like has to have enemies. something. I mean, doesn't it scale somehow, some way when you add people? Um, I'm sure it does. But I, I, don't I imagine know it still difficulty. Now, yeah, I don't know that it adds enemies, but it may just make the enemies there a lot harder. But, um, but yeah, like what? What's how super... will that affect Dark Souls though? Because you know, what do you mean? I mean, like, how do you think having six people will affect well, no, Dark that's, Souls? That's what I was going to get to. Is that like there are these things called fight clubs people do, where like you literally get three or four people into a into a game together, and like you point at one, then you point at another, and then you watch them fight, and then you take turns doing that kind of thing. And it's super fun. Like me, Jonathan, and Dylan actually did that. There's a popular spot right after you beat, um, what is his name, Pontiff Sullivan. Like right after you sure. go out of the room behind him, there's a oh, circle on the yep. ground. That's always a really common. That's always ha- has people there invading you. Sure. And it's a super fun thing to kind of have like me and Dylan and then like Jonathan off to the side somewhere. And then so the guy comes down and he's trying to fight me, but then Jonathan just runs up behind him. Out of him nowhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's super fun. So with six people. That's going to allow just everybody to play together and do the same real, thing. Real quick, I don't know if you saw my ridiculous post on the uh, between me and Coffee CEO where we were talking on the Discord chat about Kingdom Hearts. No, I, 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 I glanced through it, but I haven't been getting Discord notifications for some oh, okay. reason. Well, I don't, Antonio just said, I, I literally had some crazy stuff about Geppetto being the original Xehanort and that he split his goods. I, I was just being ridiculous, right? Because we were talking I about we were talking about the Master of Masters, and I was like, I feel like it has to be somebody we know. Yeah, and then I was like, like I was like, future. watch it be wild that it's, it's Yen Sid. And then <laughs> Yen Sid all this time somehow had something to do with the beginning of this, and that's why he's so pushing to I think I would be disappointed it. if it was Yen Sid. But then I was like, no. We were like, it's Geppetto. He's like, no, it's uh, what? Oh, Jiminy. And I was like, yeah, no, no, Gemini. no, it's Geppetto. And I was like, and Jiminy is like his, his mole. Note. I was like, Jiminy is uh, Luke Luxu from the the movie who has the keyblade that ends up looking like Xehanort. Oh, Zaynors. yeah. That was a good movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We were being ridiculous. But he just, he just uh, Juan Tonio just messaged and said, I tried to avoid, avoid reading all that so I could avoid spoilers, but none of no, it was real. No, none of that. <laughs> Not even close. Um I do like the idea of seeing Jiminy. That's why I said that. I like the idea of seeing Jiminy in like a Kingdom Hearts Organization 13 robe just for the sake of it. It's a small robe. I know. It'd be so funny. But my original thing was this may be the first time I ever have to buy a game that releases on both systems because I really want to be able to play this on my Switch too. At that subpar resolution, probably frame dropping. Black I mean, I'll, still I'll have be to bad. see. I'll have I'm to just, see. I'm just talking mess. I, <laughs> um, I, it will actually be 720, 60, 1080, 60, depending on docked or undocked. I don't think it'll be 60 at all on the Switch. I don't. No. There's there's no way it'll be 60. No. Per so you the underestimate the Switch so much. Breath of the Wild is probably for that game to be. Breath like, of the Wild's not 60 frames per second. No, but for it not to have any of the big 
issues that a lot of open world games has, like just any EA open world game almost. Yeah, I, I get you, but or you're Ubisoft also you're world. but that I mean that's within the realm of of exclusives already. I mean all exclusives run better on their I mean they run really well. Horizon didn't run into half the problems that games run into on I mean frame open rate, world games. Yeah, because it's it sits there and tailored for one console. But my point being that I dude I still don't care. I mean they couldn't get Skyrim to run at 30 frames per second at 720p. It's subpar. You, you haven't you haven't watched Digital Foundry's video on that. Did I did. No, that's that, actually where I got that from. They said it, it only runs at 30 frames per second solid on the dock at 720. Well, as soon as you take it off, I'll in have to rewatch that mode, video because I'm 99 percent sure that they never ran into no problems in handheld mode. No. I no, they that, said in handheld mode that there's a couple of drops uh, and that it runs in like but I will, a, a variable a variable frame rate from anywhere from 480 to 720. Wait, yeah, you're right. It runs on 1080p, 30 frames. Docked, though. Yeah, docked. Yeah, that's and a, then yeah. 720. But my point being is that they couldn't even have that game run at 60 frames per second. Which is weird. But uh, my, So it's not going to happen. It's also the... Uh, what am I thinking? What what Dark Souls game? Two. I couldn't even think of what, like the game oh, right after. Oh, yeah, you yeah, want the remaster two, for two? Yeah, that ran at actually 60 when it came out. A lot <laughs> of people said that looked weird. No, it looked good. <laughs> it looked better. That's why it looks weird. It it wasn't slow. Well, it just looked different. I mean, that's that's why it looks weird. It's like, do you, could you remember I played the hell out of uh, The Last of Us on PlayStation 3? And then, honestly, still to this day, just because of how many times I've played The Last of Us, when I played on PlayStation 4, I played on 30 frames per second. I played at 60. And I have to go through that stupid backpack glitch that happens. Oh, because of the frames. frame craze? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Hey, look, I didn't have to go through that. Anyway, I'm going to keep going. Um Let's see. Hori revealed a new PS4 controller that looks to heavily emulate the Xbox One's controller. Onyx, as it is called, will feature asymmetrical sticks, but will lack the DS4's light bar, headphone jack, and built-in speaker. No word on North American release yet, but UK will see the controller release this uh, the day that this goes live. So that's January fifteenth. Be I did not see bucks. a price, but yeah, if it's if it's more than thirty bucks, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, like maybe I, I could see it going for forty. I just don't see why anybody would get it at forty. I mean, the headphone jack is is the thing right there that it makes me. I'm not going to buy it no matter what because it has no headphone what? jack. How weird is that? Yeah, like what, that's one of those things that if a PS5 came out and the controller had no headphone jack, better support DS4. I mean, you see that the Xbox had to go back and make a new controller that had it because people were literally crapping down their throat. They're yeah. like, "What the hell, guys?" That was such a, a genius thing to put onto a controller that it, it never should have. Yeah, that, which is good. That's one of the times where Sony set a standard that I'm glad is now a standard. Because, I mean, again, it's, it's so weird that these third-party controllers do that, but that's probably their way of cutting cost. Because the controller did look sturdy. Like, it doesn't look like it's cheaply made. No, it looks, so, it looks like a fine controller. But I just, just don't get why get I don't get why you would spend that money when you just buy the same one you have, which was, what, $60 or was it $80? $120. That Razer controller? It's not a Razer. Oh, you don't have the Razer. You have the, uh, oh, Lord, what's the, uh, it's something with it's N, called. It's it? called the, um, uh, why did you say that? Nacon Revolution. Nacon, yeah. Yeah. And it was now. Now you can get them actually really, really cheap. But it has um, paddles in the back, doesn't it? Yeah, it has. So a, that makes it, sense. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Um, yeah. um, I think you can get the like. So if you ever want one, um, they're super. They're super good. Like I, I need to. I need to replace mine. I don't know if you're talking to me about wanting one. No, I'm just but. talking about anybody out there. So they're eighty bucks used from these sellers, but they've redesigned them to a like the number two, and I think the number two is eighty dollars new. Cool. So that's good to hear. All right, well, moving on. Uh, EA and DICE have announced plans for a patch for Battlefront 2. The patch aims to balance the game and also fix minor... uh, I said fix minor tweaks. Minor glitches. Uh, It's interesting to see that there is still no word of bringing uh, microtransactions back to the game, which makes sense 
because obviously they got crapped on over it. But they did talk about bringing them back at some point, and they still haven't done it. So do you think it's that they haven't been able to find a balance they feel like works that's fair, but also... Uh, yeah, like... I, I or do think, you think it's literally they're just being like, oh, we just don't want to touch it for a couple they wanna, months? If they want to keep having those servers open, they probably don't want to touch it because... What was it, two months ago that they took those transactions out? It was at launch. So, like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, when it was released, I think it was November, right? If they want... Yeah, if they want uh, their game to survive, they're not going to add them back in. And if they do, it'll be it'll be this coming winter. Well, what if they add them back in, like we were talking about, where they add it back in is, and they originally said they weren't wanting to do it because of the uh, because they didn't feel like it was right. But what if they add it back in Overwatch style? Yeah, whereas, cosmetics. Then it'll be fine, and I'm sure. But the fact that they've already insulted everybody by saying there shouldn't be a pink Darth Vader because it's not canon. Despite I'm on Hoth playing as Anakin Skywalker or whatever, which yeah. is not canon. Yeah, yeah sure. So their their excuses are lame, and I'm not going to support the game because they are lame. Yeah, I'm not going to buy it even if they take those transactions out. Well, Saul, this next or one's pretty uh, pretty interesting, and I said that whenever I, I was talking to you about it a little bit earlier. But after pressure from fans, Sony and Japan Studio announced an extension for Gravity Rush 2's servers, originally meant to be pulled on January 19th. The extension gives players until July 18th to take in all the online services that the game has to offer. I think this is really cool. People, you know, when it happened, I was like, they wow, were a year after release, they're already going to pull. That's wild, right? People fought back. I, I agree. I don't think that the servers should be pulled at all. I think give it a full another year, but I know the game was highly likely. I haven't seen numbers on it, nor have I really looked. I don't think they've even talked about numbers, but I know the game was obviously a sales letdown. I think they knew that from the start. I think it was more of a, you know, what do you, what do you want to call that? Um, just a, a a move for fans. Something they just yeah, did just, because just a, just a uh, it's like a favor almost where like fans kinda, asked and they they, they gave it. Like, but I, they I did it even out, though they knew it wouldn't be very lucrative to them. But go ahead. I will point out that like a lot of people weren't talking about Gravity Rush two until they said that. Then a lot of people came out the woodworks and talked about it. So it, well, I mean, because a lot of people talked about it ad nauseum at the beginning of the year whenever it first came out. People were like, "You need to play this. You need to play this." If you haven't played the second I never, one, I you never need saw to play that it. though. But Never. I mean, but it was there, uh, yeah, I, and I mean, and I was part of that. That's uh, maybe that's why, because I, I I was actively around those places, and I would also encourage people on Facebook, Twitter, uh, N4G, any of these places that are that I kind of do somewhat sometimes visit. Uh, every now and then, when I was on the, the PlayStation Reddit, I would post something about it, or if somebody was talking about it, I would say, yeah, I definitely play it. Um, I think it's a fantastic game. I do often tell people though, you don't want to play two without having played one because two is so satisfying coming off from one. You know, that's one of those things that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I'm glad though because well, here's what, those people's cries. I'm ha- see, one of the things we talked about in the past, and we still have very different ideas, I think, on. But you know, we talked about it even with Ryan and you know a lot. Uh, but you know, you're talking about Sony not making moves be- and that they're anti-consumer, blah blah blah. Okay, well, turning well, this do off, stuff like this, yeah. See, turning this off yeah. in a way could be seen as anti-consumer, yes. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they're see, this is why I say I don't think people are as vocal to Sony as you think about the crossplay because, as you see, a small but very very aggressive group of people fought for Gravity Rush Two, and what do they do? They did, and they I, actually I don't even think they fought though. I think that, that oh, a no. lot of people they just heard enough negativity. Well, there was a it. hashtag and everything. People started pushing it. I mean, it's the same thing that brought Medieval back. I don't know if you talked, if you saw it, but Medieval had a big campaign where it was like, bring back Medieval. I can't remember what the hashtag was. Uh, hashtag for Gravity Rush, I think, was don't forget Gravity Rush or something like that. Um, 
and or remember Gravity Rush, one of the two, something like that. But there was also a medieval uh, yeah, campaign. Yeah, there was a medieval campaign going on where there was a lot of people who were building a hashtag and having everybody share the hashtag, and they did like a big day where it was one day where the, everybody pushed, and the hashtag got into trending on Twitter, and that was part of what made Sony have the decision to go ahead. Because uh, you remember they announced medieval at PSX at yeah. the very end, but they didn't really have much to show. And that's my point. They gave in to the pressure. Because there were actually people being vocal and, and making a big enough which, deal. Which may be a bad move, too, because well, well, I, I almost think we'll they see. announced it before they even started to work on it. Well, I'm sure they started work on it, because, but, it's very, but very, very light. Yeah, yeah of the, course. The development stages at that sure. point. To, to and maybe they haven't. Doing. Maybe they haven't. They, he didn't say it was going. You know, they were showing anything off. They were like, hey, no. we're just going to say it. We're going to say it. Yeah. Here it is. You know. Uh, but my point being is that Sony does listen when, when people are vocal. So I don't think people are as vocal as it's easy to look at this vocal minority on Twitter making a bit, making a little bit of uproar, but I don't think they're being vocal to Sony, which well, is who well, you well, have to be vocal well, to. You well, know I what think, I mean? I think the problem is, though, is that um, what you're talking about is people who own a game that want to keep playing it on a Sony service. Well, but people... Medieval's not that. Medieval's a game that, that Sony has no reason to But it was originally a PlayStation game, though. But I, and what well, I'm saying sure, is that these sure. people who are vocal about it are saying, I want to play against people on PS4 on my Switch and on my Xbox. Sony doesn't sure. have to appease to those people because well, and, they're and, not and, I was about to get there. You're right. I mean, it's different, but I also think that Sony saying something and doing something when giving enough pressure means but that there's it's, probably it's, not it's, enough it's, pressure. It's, a, it's, a, it's apples and oranges, though, because it's it's a game they they own, they support, they have servers, they pay for. When it's when, but in reality, it's it's not the same when it's other people who own other systems because obviously yeah and i do mean just from the argument that if if vocal enough that sony will at least respond in some fashion yeah and, and it's, uh, it's which crazy we still too. haven't seen any kind of response but i don't well, know that's and, and gravity rush 2 didn't set up a trilogy did it no okay gravity I, I, rush 2 is a, is a, fin, a finite game i mean it's going to be the last one yeah and i, I thought that's what i absolutely reading. i mean no, here's the thing is it doesn't absolutely say that there can't be anything else but it wraps up on a on like there's almost no uh, way you uh, see them doing uh, closed book. Yeah, there's maybe. there's no it doesn't introduce new questions that don't get answered at least in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, you know it's one of those things. It doesn't set up for another game in the series. But I will. We're gonna have to follow the saga of whether or not something ho- happens with crossplay and whether Sony ever talks about it. But I think it's gonna take another big thing like Fortnite before that even becomes a, a deal again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's gonna have to take something actually happening. Uh, next thing up on the list, fans went wild after the Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account posted a small, uneventful tweet. <laughs> the tweet in question was just beep. beep. And I saw, I guess, must have been the one who retweeted on Oz. Yeah, uh, but I, I did. It led fans to speculate if we will be getting some form of news for the game soon. Uh, this is the first time in more than three years the account has tweeted. I did think that was important to put on here. So, of course, people saying that, oh, it's got to be something, it's got to be something. Well, it probably does, because why would they worry about that? One of my favorite yeah. things, one of the one of the top tweets on there that was like people liking it, it's good up there, was, I'm surprised they remembered the password. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely didn't log into that Twitter for no reason. That that that's it's hinting at something, and I'm hoping that with. So, know, what would be for you? What E3. would be the okay? E three, E three. Now, hold E3, on though, hold E3. on. Do you think okay. it'll just be a beep and then nothing until E three, or do you think we'll see? I think small. I think, no, I think if they want to do something really really cool, they could do a viral marketing campaign or, or just in general, just any kind of viral marketing in which they maybe have like an Easter egg hunt or something and, you know, post weird clues to something. I always love that marketing strategy. It's so fun. Sure. But I don't think that there's going to say anything. They're going to say anything else until E3. And it's going to come out and surprise everybody because they're going to forget about that tweet. 
for do the you, most part. Do you think so? Or no, do yeah, you, I think so. Because here's the, my only thing is that see, obviously, dude, The Witcher Three killed this year monetarily. So I mean, they're oh, big yeah, enough no. that I think I do think this could be one of those things where it makes most sense at E3. But I actually could also just see them doing their own event, possibly to talk about the game. Uh, that seems like a lot, yeah, but that, games that, do that's going to blow a lot of their money though. And I know that they're they're, they're very rich because of The Witcher Three and stuff. But like at the same time, The Witcher Three outperformed a lot of the best selling games this year. I'm pretty sure The Witcher Did you Three. See that? I'm pretty sure Witcher Three outsold Witcher One and Two by triple or double. That's oh, what I remember. Oh, dude, last I, it's probably way so, more than that. Yeah, I think it was triple is what I read last The Witcher 2 sold well. I'll give it that. The Witcher 1 did not sell too terribly well. But moving on, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake's development appears to be going smooth if we are to believe Yoshinori Katase. In a recent interview with Famitsu, Japanese magazine, he shares his goals for 2018 in regards to the game. He mentions wanting to make... Uh, wanting to work on the game's comfort, uh, still no release date or window given, which is to be expected. But if they're in the if they're in the stages of trying to make the game a little more comfortable, that makes you think that they they're foundation wise they're where they want to be. They're just tweaking, I most hope, likely traversal and combat. I hope so. Um, but it's it's an interesting thing because this is not a new game. They're not figuring out new story necessarily. They are figuring out ways to rework story and stuff like that. But you have a foundation of what you're going after, so. It's easier for them to go into this game and make it quicker. If they're that far, then don't you feel like we're not far from a release? Now, we're not going to hear much about it until Kingdom Hearts gets its time in the limelight. I know that. Right, and this is probably going to release before that. Um, you think so, that Final Fantasy will release before Kingdom Hearts? I do, yeah. Well, um, I still I still think, and I still give them the, their trust and whatnot. We've seen a lot on Kingdom Hearts 3. I do still think there's a chance that Kingdom Hearts 3 is a late this year game. That's. I mean, I'm not gonna believe it until I'm. I'm playing until it. you see a date. Yeah, or, until, I'm until you're it. playing it. Yeah. Okay. Are you not gonna believe it until like a week before they're gonna delay it? No, I'm. I'm <laughs> literally not gonna believe it until I'm in like in line at GameStop because or download it digitally, whatever I'm doing by then. Because yeah. who knows? I may be on the PS7 <laughs> in a future car somewhere in outer space. After they've shown this much, you think it's gonna be that far? I know that's hyperbole, but come on, man. That's, that's I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's going to be 2018. I, I think that it's going to be a. So do you think February, it'll be something we saw like before, where it's announced in 2018, but then it gets pushed back into the very no, first I, I January? Just, or I think it's just going to be February of 18. What well, I, I, I I highly see them giving a date for this year. That just if they no, if I, it gets, I fully expect if it, it ends up being 2019 law, their date will be this year. But it, it, if it gets pushed back at all, then it will be put. It'll have a date that gets so pushed think, back into early year. So you think they'll do that on purpose? Not on purpose. No, I just think that it'll, we'll see a similar thing to what we saw with Final Fantasy Fancy. or something like, if you really wanted to say, maybe Gravity Rush 2 or whatever. Where they, Even though Gravity Rush 2 was a victim of The Last Guardian moving. But what I mean is that it'll have a date that's like November or December of this year. And if it does get pushed back at all, we'll know that it, it should have been this year, but then it gets pushed back to like a January or February. But we'll see. That's something that's still interesting to talk about. And the final piece of news, which leads us into our topic of the show, is Bungie have posted a huge development update blog on its site that aims to let players see what short and long-term plans they have moving forward to bring players back to the game and keep others from leaving. Now, it's funny, we went to Twitter and kind of asked this question, and depending on where you are in playing the game right now, it seems wildly different over, you know... What some people, if you're still playing it, you don't feel like there's not a lot of people playing it, but you know, every person I know in person who is a hardcore destiny fan does not play the game. 
Oh, I, th- I think I say he is going to play the game. No, no, no. I mean, like right now, they currently do not play the game. Nope. Joe does not play the game. You nope. do not play the game. Donovan does not play the game. I mean, uh, Justin from um, you know GameStop doesn't play the game. I don't see anybody that we used to talk about playing it really. Uh, we talked about Bosrox. He doesn't play it uh, anymore. He said RJ I, I haven't seen RJ on it very no. much. And a couple of people I know played it. They didn't play it for a long time. They played it when Osiris came out. And then when they were done with Osiris, they just hopped right back out. Cause they were like, that really wasn't what we wanted. See, I still haven't even done that yet. So you haven't I, even I played on, Osiris. I hopped right? on, nope. No, no, I haven't played any of Osiris's content. Um, sure. I hopped online to get a gun from Zer, like I said before. And that's the last I played. And if Zer has. Oh, so you know what we did? We Orpheus. did not do our, uh, we did not do reader mail. I figure we'll do that at the end of the show. Since what we're doing is tying in. Sure. To the okay. Well, hey, if you, talking. if you wonder where the reader mail is, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Yes. Um, and so we'll we'll keep on going with what we've already started here. Sorry about that. We should have done it first. But, no, we're um, good. I, I like that we flowed directly into the topic. Sure, I um, do too. Uh, okay, so let's see. Let me go to the main topic yeah. then, since our Twitter page is a little filled up. But you know, so I think the part of the reason I wanted to do this episode, uh, and because of because of what they posted yesterday, it kind of made me switch gears from what I was originally thinking about doing. Uh, is that. Me and you were both very head down in the Destiny 2 when it first came out. And you so more than me because, I mean, obviously you're a huge fan of Destiny, even Destiny 1. You played Destiny 1 more than probably anybody I actually know. Maybe Josh. I, I know you don't know Josh, but I know a couple people who played that game a lot. But sure don't. my point being is that of the people I know, you are probably the you know biggest fan, if not one of the biggest fans that I personally know and put, enough, put that much time in Destiny 1. So Destiny 2 obviously had an effect on you and i remember you saying your biggest disappointment for 2018 or for 2017 was destiny 2 yeah which is funny because we were very high on destiny 1 when it first came out but for you was it similar to me where like literally you were just playing it one day and it just stopped being fun um i think i got to the point in which i have done the raid like three or four times and i was trying to get what was it it was a raid boots or something i can't think of what sure, it, so you were just trying to get a specific piece of raid, specific armor. raid uh gear yeah and i remember i did the raid got the stupid sword again and i got the stupid like chest plate again or whatever it was sure you remember and, i got those legs like six times yeah i think i was trying to get the gauntlets but yeah i do remember you getting the legs and i got this i keep getting the stupid it was either gauntlets or chest plate i kept getting over and over again and then i stopped and, th- and thought to myself like what am i gonna do when i finally get that like, like, what is your next move yeah, in like, the game? I've been playing nothing but the raid, which is in game. So what now? And I was like, you know what? This just isn't even worth it at this point. So then when trials came out, they're like, well, here's the the infinite vex forest or whatever it is, and it's like people were like, well, this is dumb. This is like the same thing over and over again. It's supposed to be procedurally generated, and I'm not having fun. Uh, trials? You talking about trials of Osiris? Yeah. No, you talking about no, the- no, no. I'm talking about Curse of Osiris. Oh, Curse. Okay, yeah. yeah Trials ahead, is the competitive piece. That's what I thought. I was like, I didn't remember so, that. So yeah, people were mad about the Infinite Forest. So I kind of steered clear of that. Then we kind of got the strikes that people were complaining about, wrongfully so. They were saying that the strikes shouldn't be in the story and blah 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 blah. I don't agree. I thought the strikes in Destiny One that were part of the Destiny One story was super fun. Oh, yeah. No, I thought those were... Yeah, that was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I get why people may want it to be separate. Uh, maybe just for replayability outside of the story to be a little more fun. But in the moment, I think it makes those strikes really fun, at least the first couple times around. Now, one of the issues I had with Destiny as a whole is that the strikes still just lend themselves to getting boring. And well, they get, that's and, another problem. And There's you get a little like, bit of a bump whenever you have the nightfall. Like when they yeah. roll around for nightfall, it's like, okay, what's well, a little different, but you still get bored of it. Yeah. And... um 
you know, Curse of Osiris added, I think, two new strikes. Um, I'm going to look at some numbers real quick as I'm talking. But, yeah, it didn't add enough content for to bring me back. And I don't know why, but I know that Joe has pretty much started playing. The last time he, was, he did play um, was around about a week after that launched, and he was playing only PvP. Oh, wow. So not even messing with Osiris at all, actually. Right. And no, I, did Osiris introduce any multiplayer maps or anything? I don't know. Um, Me either. I was just, I mean, I'm curious. I like I said, I, I haven't played the game well before Osiris. I literally, like I was talking to somebody on Twitter, I think it was uh, uh, Jeff uh, from the PS Best Friends. And we were talking about it, and I said, you know, my problem with the game is that literally I loved it until one day I just didn't. And it wasn't like a slow build towards it. I just turned it on one day and I was like, I don't feel like playing this. And I have not felt like playing the game once since. And, yeah, they, you know, added, they added one new strike, one new public event. They added, of course, Mercury, which you can go to. They added, it says Raid Layer, which I think is a challenge. You see, that's, someone talked about that. It's not even a new raid. It's a specific layer. Yeah. It's which like, sounds like it's inside of the original la- the original raids I'm area. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what it is because I remember um, Luke, whatever his last name is, was talking about, somebody asked him, like, what are all these closed doors in, in the raid? And he's like, you'll find out. And if they go back to the first raid... Which was a decent raid, but it was it wasn't even as good as I think the, even any of the any of the Destiny One raids were. I think it was a fun raid, but looking back on it, I didn't have see now that I, much and fun I didn't do it. as much of the Destiny One raids. But what I did like King's, about Destiny Two Fall was the best in Destiny yeah, One. I remember you talking about that a lot. But one of the things about Destiny Two, the first raid that I really did like was that it wasn't trying to be so horde wavy. It was instead like here's and it was one of the things I gave the the raid and why I thought it was very fun was that it was so mechanically driven. It was and that I, it was a breath of fresh air from the raids I did do in the first game. Yeah, and uh, even King's Fall had a point where it was kind of wavy, like where there was a couple of enemies that kept coming out and coming out. Not too bad. Um, but well, but it bosses, felt like it felt like you went to an area, you fought a boss. You went to an area, you fought a boss. The only time I actually it, felt like you fought a boss in the in the raid in Destiny Two was specifically the final boss. So when you, I can't remember his name, Callus. When you got specifically to Callus, I felt like that was what was going on. But um, my point being with all this is that everyone has a different threshold of what they expect the game to do for them. But a lot of people still don't play it. A lot of people still do play it, of course. But the numbers have not been extremely well from what I've seen and, what, and from what I've heard anecdotally. Now, I do want to say before we go into one of the things I wanted to go into this because I don't. Did you read the the update, the, the development one, the, the development update thing that they just released? It was oh, yesterday. Yes. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't yesterday, was it? Was yeah, it was yesterday. Days ago? No, it was okay. yesterday. It was a roadmap of what they plan to do. So, did you um, read that? Yes, because I had it, it pulled up. I want to talk about it on the episode so people who don't know can can actually hear it. There's a couple things on there that get me super excited, but the rest of it is pretty much wait until the end of this year. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like some of it's some of it's quick, and that's why I say it's very specifically worded: uh, short term goals and long term goals. They have things they want to implement quickly, but then some things are going to take a lot longer. Uh, but I did want to ask everybody on Twitter without any kind of inflection. Ooh, that's the player drop off chart. Yeah, it's pretty bad. They uh, they said that the player drop off in this game is worse than the player drop off in No Man's Sky. Ooh, man, for really? First, for the first, I think it was two months. That's wild. Not overarching uh, drop-off for No Man's Sky or whatever. Sure, sure. But, but it, you know. it's, it's within a certain first time frame. Uh, and I wonder if they mean from like a percentage standpoint, because that would also make sense. And see, they added in some cool guns and stuff. Like, I may log on and check it out, but like this gun right here, it shoots out, it's a grenade launcher. Sure. It shoots out spiders okay. that are grenades. Okay. Pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I guess. It's, it's different. I haven't seen it, but yeah, maybe it's really cool in, in practice. Yeah. The gun looks cool. Yeah, and that. until they start selling Orpheus rigs, which I don't think they are this week, is it's a certain 
Oh um, lord, that's the legs for the what is it, hunter? Yeah, that makes them have such a good um, crazy loot. Uh, super, yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, but, but before we go into what the actual development updates are going to be like, what their roadmap is, I did kind of want to talk about. I wanted to look at stuff because like, what I asked people is like, you know. Do they believe that the game can make a comeback if they already played it or if they haven't played it yet? Do they feel like the game can pull them back to it or pull them into it for the first time? And if so, how? Like, what is the ways? Now, we didn't get too terribly many responses. It was also, I posted a little bit late this morning. But I did think it was interesting, the different viewpoints. So, like, one of them was uh, No Fate. So, Sean, he says, I don't play Destiny, but I wonder what effect games as a service have on the ecosystem. I have no intention of playing Destiny because I don't want to feel committed to just one game doing the same grinds over and over again, which is exactly what we just talked about. You grinded to the point where you're like, I don't, like, now there's nothing. So, yeah. and, and definitely for us, it was like we were super late game. There was nothing else to grind. The so grinding, what do you do? The, which is weird because in, in certain stances, grinding is not fun. But the thing about Destiny 2 is that the grinding was fun. There was no rewards for doing such grinding. And then when you finally Whereas got Whereas Destiny the rewards, 1 had that. Yeah, and then... Sure. And then, see, that's what made Destiny 1 so special is that, like, Destiny 1, there are strike-specific weapons that had rolls. And now there's, like, many people who have played Destiny 1 for hundreds of hours on end will know that there is a certain gun and it is in a certain strike and there's a certain role with firefly and there's a certain role with outlaw they want. And, um, everybody, me, Joe and Gavin grinded that strike like three times in a row trying to get that gun. See, now it was one such, thing, it's such a good gun you wanted. One thing I felt like I remembered from whenever we were originally going back to all this is that don't I remember you being actually happy at the beginning about the fact that they weren't gonna, they were going to take rolls away? Yeah, because I thought they were going to implement more weapons. But now, in retrospect, you, in you retrospect, wish the rolls were still there. Ret- yeah, in retrospect, I wish the rolls were still there. Now, granted, right. there's the new whole master uh, craft system or whatever it's called, and, and there's going to be oh, apparently, yeah, for armor now in the in the developers. Yeah, sure, and but stuff. but, and but then there's for weapons, weapons like the, currently. Yeah, yeah. I haven't delved in that. I haven't delved into the vex weapons or nothing. So this all stuff may be fixed. But yeah. Rolls, I think everybody was kind of excited when that first came out because they thought, well, if one weapon can have two good rolls, that means that that one weapon's going to be replaced or, ha- or have a counterpart to it that's going to be just as good. Sure, instead so of every, instead of everything so, having a chance at a bad roll, instead we're just going to have two di- good guns, but maybe this gun will be hard to get, and that's part of the grind. Yeah. yeah I, get, I grind this one out, then yeah. I grind this so, one out. So now you, now you think that there is going to be a gun that is going to have basically two parts to it, that you're going to, instead of searching after one legendary weapon, you're going to be searching after both of them, and then you're going to have both of the good rolls, or you're going to have two weapons that are a counterpart to each other. And have them. Not the case. Instead, you get the same, like, actually, as a matter of fact, some of the greatest legendary weapons are quest weapons. See, and I can remember some of the game, some of the guns that everybody talked about, like Mighty Multitool, was a quest weapon. You didn't even yeah, have to and that's for an it. exotic. Like everybody had that. That ruined. I'm not gonna say ruined PvP, but that made PvP it had a huge a effect. Lot of people, yeah. yeah, had a huge negative impact because they gave them one of arguably the best um, scout rifle in Destiny One. And you, and you could get it at any point because it's a little and different. The, like you remember whenever the game introduced Vigilance Wing through the store, and everybody started buying Vigilance Wing and using it online. You remember that? No, 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 no. Vigilance Wing was there. Well, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, but I was saying yeah. like it was a Zer weapon. But right. after that weekend, if you didn't get it, you didn't have it. Whereas then, the thing about Mida is that even if I, even if you started today, you can still get Mida right now. Even if you start a brand new character, uh, bam, you, you can yeah, get three different Midas. I'm right? pretty sure what's his name? Hawth? No, not Hawthorne. Whatever the guy's name is, that's in the Tower on Earth. He has the Mida mini tool for you, and then you go up there and you take that from him. And that starts the quest for your brand new character. It's like you only had to do it in one character to get it all for all three, basically. Sure. And the quest takes like 20 minutes. Yeah. Do. yeah, yeah, so you have to feed it. Yeah, right. So like the reward system in Destiny is what really feels 
terrible is that you do so much playing and, see, and it's you're not weird, enough Because at first I feel like we were both really stoked on like the idea of like, well, they, they, they made grinding not so incredibly hard that it was like they removed grinding as a barrier of entry, but they also removed the element of grinding – at least on your side, because I'm a little different on what I feel of. But from what I can get the consensus of people who like the grinding, they removed the element of grinding that people liked. So it was like, yeah, they made the grinding not so hard so people could come in and feel like they were doing okay. But by doing that, they completely removed what people liked about the grind in the get-go, where it's like, I'm, I have a reason to grind this three times, because I'm going to get that perfect roll. And then once I got that perfect roll, I'm going to help you know, I'm gonna help Joe get that perfect roll. And then we're going to go roll through yeah. and go crazy. You know. And I get that that's kind of one of those things about that game. And I always stood on the other side of that. There was a lot of cool weapons I liked in Destiny 2, but I do think maybe if there was more of a like, but what if I could get this gun this specific way? Maybe I would have played more of the game because, like yeah, I said, it, it was a reason to go do that uh, that objective to sure. do, to get the gun. And like, I don't know what it is about um, Destiny 2, but like Destiny One strikes feel more fun. Um, there's a now. Don't get me wrong. There's like two really really good strikes in Destiny 2 that I really really like. Like the Pyramidium, it's a fantastic example of what a strike should be. But the fact that I felt tired after playing a strike, and there's no incentive to play strike. And I like, know that there. By tired, you mean like you just didn't feel like playing afterwards? Yeah, right? I just it, it just wore me out to play because it was such a drag to do. Um, and you know the nightfalls were super fun because they are actually challenging for the most part with the time limit and everything. And the prestige nightfalls, it actually took you you know some friends to get up with and actually try to play. But um, and this is coming uh, coming from somebody who can who soloed the nightfalls before the regular ones. Like there needs to be an incentive to do something. Like there, you just like I'm doing the nightfall and I get what. Like there's always that meme about Destiny Two is that you get the the two blues and a and whatever else it is, two blues and a purple, and you get like you're still getting blue stuff. Yeah. At near max level, and that not everything in blues is good. They don't have good effects. They don't have like you know, and even then that's a funny topic there because there is a blue pulse rifle. No, it's a blue scout rifle that is one of the best scout rifles in the game. And it's like. You, I, I've seen people using that. On, oh yeah, online. I think I remember that. That's the one that yeah, uh, Trevor was was using it a lot, and he was yeah, doing really good sure. with it. But um, yeah, it's like I'm trying to think of the name for it because it, it, it's escaping me right now. But yeah, there, I can't remember, but I do remember we were talking about it, uh, and I didn't use it. But you get an early game as part of the story quest, right? Oh yeah, and it, well, and even now I'm talking about the revolver in Destiny One. Or it's not even a revolver, but it's like a, it's a hand cannon, and sure. it has outlaw, and it has. Uh, Are you talking about the gun? You were talking about with the different rolls. Yeah, and outlaw and firefly is a potential row, and it's a boss weapon for two strikes, and um, um, it's really super cool. And me, Joe, Gavin, we would spend hours grinding those strikes. The strikes weren't really that bad to play they were fun um and it was just it, it just feels like just playing these strikes now for no reason is a waste like bring back strike scoring the big prank imago loop oh yeah um, yeah yeah I and, remember that. and the thing is is that destiny one ended so greatly like I, I feel like that destiny one if i didn't burn myself out was a game i could still go back and play which is funny because people are going back and playing destiny one's pvp <laughs> and going back and playing Destiny well, One in yeah, general, sure. And it's like they downgraded themselves to add it in later, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah. When Destiny Two came out, they took all the great stuff they added to Destiny One at the end, or with King's Fall and stuff, and then they just didn't put it in there. They didn't put strike scoring in and there. And to be fair, they I don't think that there was the real intention of adding it in later. I think they felt like they were doing a better job with it, and then they got told they weren't. And they're like, "Crap! Now we got to put it back in." I don't know which we're gonna have yeah, to do later, which is Who crazy knows? because like str uh, I know strike scoring 
strike scoring which when is that came coming out back. was which is fun. coming back. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But before we go into what all is coming back and some of the new things that are going to happen, let's finish up with uh, some of these responses to us. So shenanigans and such we mentioned earlier say, I think with all the new releases hitting, Destiny players won't return to the game until there's a release drought, which is actually a fairly good point. Uh, so if we have a week period between spring and summer, then maybe people will go back if we have no good releases for a bit. I don't. I mean, I get what he's saying for I think more of a casual player, but I think the hardcore Destiny people are more likely to go back quicker. Um, as far as other responses, let's see. Um, so we were talking about Jeff earlier, and he said, "Come back in what way?" And this is like where I talk about. There's different perceptions of where the game's at. But he said, "Come back in what way?" I don't really. I really don't think there's a way they can lose their base, and I think he's talking about like their their straight minimum of people who still just play the game. Um, Unlike the division, people love Bungie more than just a new IP. They fucked up hard with D2 and it's still a game of the year for me and still playing it at least once a week. So he's saying that despite all its flaws, he still feels like it's a great game, even if it it did have a lot of problems from what he enjoyed about the original game. Yeah. Which I do feel like we all kind of got to that point at some point, but we were still just playing it. And then one day it just, I had to hard stop. It was just, it's just, it's, it's almost a mix of serious fatigue and frustration for me. It's just, you know, and I can agree with him. Like, you know, if I had somebody constantly to play that game with, I would be I would be jumping on it. Kind of like Division. I'm not going to play Division by myself, but if you guys are on, I'll play. Or, you know, unlike Rainbow Six, where Rainbow Six I can go home and play by myself and be fine. I can't do that with Destiny. There's no point. Sure, like, sure. I, I'll be forced to do strikes, which I don't want to do. I'll be forced to try to solo the Nightfall, which is fun, but not something I always want to do. It's just, and I don't want to play PvP. Like, <laughs> All right, two more responses roll through real quick. Ryan says the argument could be made that game releases around Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 were a little different. There's a lot of good stuff to play around Destiny 2, I think is what he's saying. Uh, lending to only the hardest core, sticking with 2, which is a good point. I do think that there is also more quality releases than I remember there being around the time of Destiny 1. There uh-huh. was more of a reason, I, and I could be wrong, but I feel like there was more of a reason for people who got on the Destiny 2. It was a new IP. It felt different for them, and there wasn't just a ton of games coming out in that particular Something, area. Um, what was it? Something came out in 2014. That you feel like was a big competitor? Yes. Huh. I don't know. Look into that real quick. The last one, though, is Mr. Sean Santarude. Hope that baby's doing real well. Uh, I don't think the expansion off the expansions offer enough appeal anymore. The last few on the original game I barely played, so I never bought Destiny 2. I'm renting it now, but not that fussed to play it, which sounds like he has it, but he doesn't even care to put it into a system, which is unfortunate because I do think that there's... Um, up until you're done with the game, it's fun. I, I had problems with the story. In some ways, it was better. In some ways, I felt like it was actually worse. It just kind of depends on where you stand on that. Um, there's a lot of things about the game pacing-wise that could have been a lot better, but it's a fun game One, when you're still doing anything and everything feels fresh. Like the first time you're rolling through, okay, it's fun. The gameplay is fun. I mean, it's one of those games that you can never say the ga- the gunplay in Destiny is not satisfying because it really is. Now, that doesn't mean what you, it's what you're looking for, and it may be, not be the reason that will keep it to stay, but it is a satisfying gunplay. Um and little games really top that. I mean, like some of the biggest games you're going to say is like some people argue Halo, so which could be from Bungie. So you're going to say Bungie and the Activision teams that rotate through Call of Duty have some of the best mechanics, mechanically driven shooters that just feel really well in your hands. Uh, I'll, I'll say that there's an argument for Killzone because of the weightiness, which is not really replicating a lot of games. I did love that, and I wish a little more games would do that. But those are kind of mine. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean. There's a lot to be said about why people would go towards it and wouldn't go towards it, but Sean, I do think you should try and give it a little bit of a play, at least through the story and some of the 
I think the raid is worth playing once, and I, it's one of the coolest parts of the game. And when I got to the raid, like literally, as I kept playing the game, the raid was the thing that made me be like, "This is actually really cool." And the way that the raid's designed, because you're not just naturally rolling through it, you're doing it in like pieces, and it feels differently team based. Because like even the sections between the sections, which sounds kind of weird, feel like you have to team up and help. Instead of like Destiny One, where you're just kind of rolling through sections, you know? Yeah, what I mean? and um, uh, 2014, it's not it, Destiny One. It came out in September, but yeah, 2014 was nuts that year because they had Far Cry Four, Grand Theft Auto Five, Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, Watch Dogs, the first one. It's like in Terraria. There's a lot of games that came out like it, sure. at the end of the year. Only the only but, argument I'll have is that none of those necessarily had extremely big online sections besides Grand Theft Auto Five. Like that's well, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare came out that year too. Yeah, but that was also a game that didn't have a. That was one of the first like, following ghosts. People were shitting all over that game. You remember? I, yeah, I think that was more. So, the problem I mean, but, but my point game. being is that there, in terms of games that had that we remember to have massive online communities, what's the only other one that released? Grand Theft Auto Five. That makes sense. But Grand Theft Auto well, Five well, is going to have that a very different count because Grand Theft Auto Online didn't come out until December or later. It, Grand Theft Auto Online was not part of the original launch. If I remember, well, that, no, no, that wasn't the original launch. That was a remaster. Grand Theft Auto Five first came out on PS3 in 2013. 13, yeah, that's right. Because this is the update. That was so, yeah, that was that, a remaster. Yeah, so my point being sense. is that those are the two games that would that would fight each other for it. But now we're going to move in. Was so long ago, it was. Now we're going to move into Destiny 2's development update and kind of go over the little bits of what we see. So uh, he says here, this is Destiny content categories. So expansions, and that, this is something they're talking about in a clear expectation of what you're going to get out of each one. So expansions are purchasable updates that typically add new story, destinations, and gear, as well as new Crucible, Strike, and Raid Layer content. Which is funny they keep using this Raid Layer thing. Is that Are they never going to add a new Raid? I don't know. It sounds weird. I really don't know. And then there's going to be seasons. So introduce content that is made available to that's all still, players the of Destiny 2 at no additional cost. And then there's a little uh, post-launch content thing that shows that. Uh, and then Eververse is obviously also part of that. Iron Banner, Faction Rallies, and their rewards will be available to everyone as part of Season 2. Additionally, going forward, we are making changes uh, to the seasonal rewards from Crucible Strikes and Trials that will be available to all players. Um Eververse is something that was talked about, and I saw, uh, I'm sure you saw too, a huge campaign on Twitter and a couple of other places for them to completely kill Eververse. Yeah. That was something for a while. They wanted Eververse completely gone. Now, you went to a bunch of forums. That's all that, that's every single forum post was. So as, Eververse, as someone who Eververse. kills more, as, as somebody who feels more for the series than I do, specifically, how does the idea of Eververse being completely gone to you feel for you? Because you actually did buy stuff from Eververse in the first game. I don't remember if you did in the second game. Right, yeah. But you were a purveyor uh, of the Eververse. You yeah, like the when, idea. When, I forgot what set it was, but there was a set, I think it came out for the dawning. It was like a Christmas. Uh, it was a Christmas thing, and then there was a ghosty ghost, like a ghost with a sheet over its face <laughs> with a hole cut out. That's pretty cool. Um, and I, I probably spent forty dollars total on everything. I think maybe sixty. I can't remember. Okay, but you didn't spend what? And I mean, don't wrong. That sounds like a lot of money to me, but I just don't normally do that. Well, so also, don't forget for that, most people, that's a little amount in the Eververse, well, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that this is also the time when all your in-game roles and stuff weren't in Eververse. This is for cosmetic stuff. Yeah, back yeah, yeah. Back. Whereas Destiny now, Two actually had now armor. That all that you, the all the ghosts that have come out are locked behind Eververse soon. Not now, not for long. But when when they update this, they won't be the sparrows, the everything. All that stuff's locked behind Eververse. Back then, only the seasonal stuff wasn't. So, like, the new ghosts that came out that you didn't really dig the look of, those are only Eververse. You can't find those anywhere else. What? That's so dumb. Yeah. Now, I guess technically they're saying, okay, you get Eververse 
stuff by leveling up your, you know. Right, you sure, get a Bart Ingram, which typically drops you a blue emote. But here's in the thing, my experience. And, and, I got, I got and, and see, and that's chips. what's weird because you remember one of my first Eververse things was my cool little thing for my Warlock, uh, my my chest no, no, piece no, no, or whatever. That wasn't Eververse. That was just a random thing. No, that's, that, that's Eververse. No, that wouldn't have dropped that. That, you, that was a bright Ingram. Uh, it, it was. You got an exotic Ingram, remember? No, that wasn't an exotic. That was the, the Eververse armor. That's the Eververse no, Warlock you got the armor. Wings, you got the Wings of the Vigilance. No. Or whatever they're called. No, or, no, what no, are they no, called? No, no, wings no. of Sacred Dawn. That's nope. A, that's not what I'm talking about. That is what you're talking about. There is no oh, other. Hold on. Well, go. All right. Here, go we're going to look it up. Go Maybe, ahead. Trust we'll me, my look. boy. I've, I've already played like 500 hours of Destiny 2. So that's not it. Whatever this is, that's not what I'm talking about. That has to be. No, that's. Remember, mine had the flowers on it. The flowers? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about now. Destiny 2. I really don't know. But anyways, Warlock. yeah. like they, they should just either get rid of Eververse 2 or they should put only the seasonal events items in there. Okay, here. And, look, and what I mean by that is... This is it. Do you not remember this for me? Oh, I thought you... Okay, so this is the Ever, yeah. this is the Eververse set. My point being, my right. first Bright Ingram was that. I never got another piece of that armor. Exactly. And I mean, and we leveled up a lot. Yeah. So my point being is that I get where people are at with Eververse because even the way that they try and introduce Eververse for Those free... Those don't have wings, by the way. <laughs> huh? Those don't have wings. I didn't say wings. Oh, did I say wings? Yeah, you said said wings. wings. I said chest piece. Oh, okay. Well, I was talking about exotics. And I wasn't talking about exotics. See, I was talking about Eververse as a whole, though. You were talking about stuff locked behind Eververse. Yeah. This is a set completely locked behind Eververse. You you got your first exotic, like level 14 or something. Yeah, but no, I'm talking about my first Bright Ingram gave me this. Yeah. And I never got another armor piece from my my Bright Ingram ever. I got a couple, but it wasn't ever stuff that I really wanted to use. Like, I got one or two for the Titan. Sure. Which which he played more characters. I only had. I think I only had. No, I had three characters. Yeah, you did. But I didn't level them all up because I didn't care. No, yeah. Um, that was about the time that I completely stopped playing. But my point being is Eververse is a weird thing. So this is where they say that they're going, they're changing it. So he says, we recognize the scales are tipped to, too far towards test at the moment. And Eververse was never intended to be a substitute for in-game content and rewards. They are shifting the balance of new content. In favor of activity rewards over Bright Ingrams. So that's interesting. Uh, this includes Ghost Sparrows and ships like you were talking about. So they'll be broken out. Uh, we'll provide a gameplay path to earn Bright Ingrams and all continued rewards or contained rewards. So my, and that says including event Ingrams. That sounds like what they've already done, which there is a gameplay path. Leveling up and level and getting there gives you a Bright Ingram. Is that what they're talking about? Just maintaining that or new ways? Who knows? I think they're talking about adding an event stuff like in Destiny 1 where the dawning stuff was all in there. Sure. And instead, like, having that loophole that they currently have actually into the real loophole and not a part of Eververse. Sure. So, like, what I was what I was saying should happen. And here's the last one. We'll, we'll give players more direct purchase options and make adjustments to Bright Ingrams to nope. allow players to get the items they want more often. So, nope. They're, they're, adding, they're adding price tags to items in the store now. Now, but that's why I'm wondering, what if they bring rolls back? If they bring no. rolls back and... Hold on. No, hold on, really hold on. don't do that because that's going to incentivize them to lock those certain rolls behind the price point. Hold on, no, no. My point want. is what if they bring rolls back and make the items in the Eververse not have rolls? They're just, you know... That's the that's the problem. Well, but, They're going to put the roll everybody about, wants behind were, a paywall instead that's of playing. I'm talking, about. I'm talking about the first game that you were talking about where you get a piece of armor and the piece of armor does not have anything. It's just, it's purely no, cosmetic. don't put it in the store at all. That's the problem. Throw it out in the world. Give me something specific to go to go get it. Don't put it in Eververse. I will literally not pick the game back up if hold, they put hold. It. Do you, uh, what are you, what exactly are you saying? Because I feel like you're confused on no, what I'm getting. You're at. saying put the piece of armor that I could buy in Eververse with the specific role I want. No, that's what you just said. No, it's not. I said take roles. They add roles to the game, but they make the item purely cosmetic. Which you, is what you're talking about from Destiny One. The item did not have stats. It was a purely cosmetic piece. Correct. No. Oh, you talking about in Eververse? In, in Eververse and Destiny 1. But why are you saying taking 
uh, armor from the game. I'm not saying so. The, so say the armor pieces that are in Eververse, like okay. the one I got. It had a role with it already. It was a specific piece. It had its own benefits. Well, if they add roles back to the game, but completely take all benefits away from that piece of armor, then when they have stuff inside of Eververse, whatever it be, so you can get the Eververse items you want, but they are purely cosmetic. There is no role. There's no stats to it or anything. I imagine it would be a lot like what the game does already, where you buy it, it's a cosmetic piece, but then you merge something into it to give it its its things. Now, I don't know if that's how it worked in Destiny 1, because I never messed with Eververse in Destiny no, 1. No, in Destiny 1, they are actual pieces of armor. Like, yeah, they but actually they, provided like points for you. Okay, but they didn't have roles or stats towards them, did they? They actually gave you intelligence and stuff that was in that game. That game's a little different, but they didn't have a, I guess, what, what do you call them when what they have a perk on the armor or whatever level? it is? Not, not light level. You remember how every piece of armor in the game gives you, or not every piece, but some that, piece of armor. Are you talking about the new Destiny 2 thing? Where like the. Maybe. You played way more Destiny yeah, 1 than Destiny I did. That's what I'm asking like, you. Like, let me look real quick because I, I. My point being is that like the armor had abilities, I guess is the way to say it. My armor had specific things that piece of armor did. So in Destiny One, when you bought piece of when when you bought a piece of armor or a set that you were talking about, uh, you were talking about you bought the donning set, right? Right. Okay. Did the donning set give you any specific abilities? I do not remember. I know it, it gives you attributes, like it gives you intelligence and yeah, and I get that. Sure, sure. Okay. In, or intel, intellect, discipline, and strength. So let's see. So how would you feel? Some armor pieces have perks by unlocking by gaining experience. Perks may boost. Faster reload times and stuff. This sounds like Destiny One. Weird. I mean, Destiny Two. Well, okay. So, how would you feel about them doing what I thought they could have done in the first place, where you can buy you can buy pieces that are just purely cosmetic, but you can overlay them in like a where you overlay them into like a, a transmog spot. Where every piece of armor has a transmog spot, you can get a piece of armor to look like you want it. But say you get a gun that has a badass roll, yeah, and you can set you can buy an Eververse gun that's a specific style. Or okay, let's. I guess let's go. Let's go a different way. So let's say that you have the legs you want in Destiny Two. Uh, what were those legs you were talking about? Uh, Orpheus rigs. Orpheus rigs. Okay, so say you have Orpheus rigs. What if the game has where say you like Orpheus rigs abilities, but you don't like the way they look, right? Say that the Eververse legs that you see look awesome. What if they find a way to make the Eververse one specifically cosmetic, and then you place it into the skin section or transmog section on the Orpheus rig, which makes the Orpheus rig look like the piece of armor that you want it to look like? Would so you, you like or not like that? What it looks like? Yeah, would you like that or not like that? Personally, from what you liked about Destiny One, all and also what you like about what Destiny Two could become. That's technically adding transmog to the game. Now, you could also add transmog. I mean, yeah, they could add tra- transmog with other things instead. Sure, like, you can add transmog on anything if you really want to. Or they could lock it behind certain things. Now, would you be mad if they made it where transmog only happened on uh, on um, legendary items or whatever they were called, not legendary, uh, exotics? Because like, one of the things right now is that, if I remember right, exotics have some form of skin, but they're literally just skin, right? What do you mean? Okay, like, so I had the cannon or whatever that was, like, that shot out weird crap. I can't remember. It was an exotic, and I remember I had a, I had a... Like, it's about, like, a, a camo, basically. Basically. Yeah. So... Like it changes of the appearance of the gun. Yeah, so yeah, sure. I forgot what those are called. They may be called skins. Um, I can't remember. Or something or another. Uh, but my point being is that, like, technically that's somewhat of a form of, like, it's a skin, but would you be okay with them adding it in just as a transmog item? And that's really the basic of the question. Is that something you could see moving forward that would make you like Destiny more? And do you think that the the Destiny player base as a whole would like that? Uh, or do you feel like that pulls too far I, I away like from what people, people like about Destiny? No, I feel like a lot of people have asked for Transmog. Um, but I just... I, I, I feel point, like you're more... You've always been more attuned into the Destiny community than I have. I feel, well, and I do know a lot of people they don't really want 
anything from Tess. They'd rather Tess be gone entirely. And, okay, so like in Destiny 1, you could obtain them by doing books of completion. So like there was the Do- the Book of Dawning. I remember that. And yeah. I remember the book, of, the book of Iron or whatever it was. Yeah. Of Iron. I don't know if Destiny 2 has done that yet or anything like that. Um, who knows? If, if they haven't, they need to. Um, and if they do, they need to keep doing that because that added a sense of completion. It added a pure level progression system that gave you, it gave you a checklist and it told you, do this, do this, do this, get this. So it just needs to continue with that. So, okay. I got you moving on though. Do you see this? It says part of season three is going to be crimson days. That sounds like February 13th. Is it supposed to be a Valentine's day event? I have no idea what that even is. Players will earn double Ingrams at level up one crimson Ingram and one illuminated Ingram. I think that's something that's already happened in Destiny 2. Weird. Okay, XP rates. We're still investigating changes to XP earned rates, which is ties into the Eververse idea, right? Because remember they were talking about the XP being not accurate as you continue to level up, so you'd get you would get less bright Ingrams, basically. So you wouldn't get too many too quickly. You remember the thing that was going on where people were getting? Oh yeah, it, it is tied. Yeah, into, that was Destiny. Destiny One stuff like that. Ugly chocolate ghost. <laughs> But anyway, so, but, you know, they, they were talking about in, in Destiny 2, there was people noticing that the XP that was being told that you were given was not moving. Even, and even now, they say they're still investigating. Like, that's that, at that point, that's just sad. So, and that doesn't make you happy as a, as a person? You, you don't feel like the fact... I mean, you have, they haven't fixed it yet. And, and that's weird, because didn't they say like, they fixed it? And then went back and said it's still wrong? It, and then, like, something like Jeff Kaplan for Overwatch would have gotten this situation fixed already. This is ridiculous. Sure. Like, this is... And this is something that, like... If I like, I could go to the Destiny subreddit right now, and I could see some of the current problems because I I have browsed it last week sometime. But people are literally asking, "Can we not have a Destiny three? And it has eighteen or it has eighteen hundred and sixty upvotes. Hey, so one thousand eight hundred and sixty upvotes saying that they don't want Destiny three, uh, that they just want an expansion and you know, no more writing. Let me show what a better sandbox looks like. Is high up there. Uh, it's just crazy because. Destiny 2 become the the latest check back in a year game. And it's like, it has. Sure, because, sure. like, you know, and, and, and Sean One Neo, he said earlier about games as a service and the and it affecting, you know, the ecosystem. And I think that they always affect them for the good. I just think that sometimes they take a while to do so. Destiny 1's a good example of that. Destiny 1 ended up being a great game. Overwatch has been having continuous love and support and updates. The Division has as well. Rainbow Six Siege has as well. They have constantly supported that game. Destiny 2. I mean, this is the one where you, you see a lot of people complaining about Bungie. You don't really see that a whole lot with um, the other developers. And trust me, I've been in the Overwatch community. I, I've been in the Rainbow Six community before, and I am again. You see criticism, but you don't see people all out saying, get rid of this feature. Like straight bashing? Microsystem. Yeah. I haven't seen this much hate for a game from its fans in a long time. I didn't hate the vitriol. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. It's but, people being very vocal about what they don't like about the game because they feel yeah. like the game let them down that much. Oh, yeah. And, so, and you know, and I, I love just going onto their Reddit from time to time to see, you know, I kind of check back in to see if there's a surprise in there like the developer notes were. And I kind of sure. go in there and sometimes and I check and see if they fix something. But more likely, I go in there and I check and I see the same complaints and even more complaints and different complaints about multiple things. All right, so Saul. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I I was just saying, I hope that eventually, one day, it gets fixed. And until it actually gets fixed. You don't see yourself revealing And, you know, Destiny 1 was very similar. Destiny 1 came out, then House of Wolves came out, or whatever was the first one. And Uh, the other one came out. Uh, the dark those, below was first didn't in the add raids. Yeah, they didn't fix the progress, the slow grindy system that it had. It didn't add a whole lot of cool new weapons. 
So I feel like Destiny 2 has already been on track for a better upgrading and 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 support system than Destiny 1 had, but I think that they took so much good stuff out of Destiny 1. That should have been iterated on instead. They took out so much good stuff from Destiny 2 that they that was in Destiny 1 that they need to put back in there and then until then it's just like it's going to happen where year 3 is going to come around there's going to be a big old expansion come out and there's going to be a big old new raid that goes it's going to come out and everybody's going to flop back to it and you have sparrow racing you have a good PVP you have all these side events you could do for fun and that's when it's going to be good again and i think that Bungie released the sleeper simulant quest and the uh no time to explain quest those are two weapon quests that came downloaded into the game and, in the first game, correct? Yeah, and okay. there was like Sleeper Simulant had you rerunning the first raid again, or Vault of Glass again, and doing these these little different things in it, and it was super fun, and it was like a secret. It was like sure. go to the Cosmodrome and do this, and you didn't know what you were doing it for. They they had the and what was it? Outbreak Prime. Outbreak Prime in Destiny One is absolutely amazing. Did you ever see that? No. That's that pulse rifle SIVA gun no, that you had to get by beating the raid. But I could, you, you're ways. so passionate about this game. So. I mean, well, that's the problem. Is <laughs> I, that, no, like, no I, I enjoy talking to you about it because it, here's the thing. You're so passionate that sometimes you're jumping on things I'm saying because you think I'm saying one thing that goes, it goes to show me how much you really feel about oh, this yeah. game because it's like even the thought of something not being like you want it is like, no! Well, it's not even not like I want it. It's just like, it's well, what no, I like, think well, would make the game better. I know, I know, I know, I know. But my point being is like, it sounds so against what you feel like is best for the game that you're you're instantly like I, they, no I don't well, want to see that and, but and that's the thing is that games like this become a big old echo chamber of the same people or the or not the same but the same complaints from multiple people because they've heard it and it's true it's like you know well and, they, but, and then the, the and complaints the perpetuate think, and, I'm the sure. fan, and the fans think they know what's the best for the game but in this time around it's there's just so much weird damage control going on and so much damage to the actual game then it's almost like you have to kind of listen to the people because if you don't, you're dead, your game is going to die. Yeah, it'll be dead in the well, – not dead in the water, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, the last thing I kind of want to do is just roll through. So it looks at the end of this, it's like a feature roadmap. So I want to kind of go over what you as our you know, Triangle Squared resident Destiny lover – um, what these make you feel? So January thirtieth, and they, I guess there's timelines for these. So, uh, masterwork armor. You've already we talked about it very loosely. How do you feel about masterwork armor and the idea behind it? Um, I don't know exactly what that is. I do know it adds more perks to your weapons and or no, your weapon, your armors and stuff, and it does that for the weapons that are currently out. And I know there's a weird vex system for your weapons too. You know, if it adds a variety to things, and it can you can re-roll the armor stat type on masterwork armor, similar I mean, to masterwork weapons. So they've added rolls into weapons and armor. Oh, the stat, oh, a roll of a stat type. Now, that means that if it's more towards one stat than the other, you can just roll it back towards the way that you want it to work. You can upgrade a piece of armor to masterwork by spending masterwork cores and legendary swords. So any piece can be masterwork. Which is interesting. Any legendary piece. Highly interesting. Okay, so uh, raid reward rework. We are updating raid rewards to make them more unique and interesting. They will now include feature mods with raid-specific perks and now uh, are adjusting the rewards to ensure raid item drops from each major encounter. The raid vendor will also directly sell Leviathan and Eater of Worlds armor and weapons for purchase with raid tokens and legendary shards instead of having to get individual. So do you like that idea? Yeah, I do. I actually do too because I would have liked, instead of having to get an Ingram that gives me a random piece, instead of getting the damn leg six times, I would have preferred just to be like, I have a currency that obviously comes from me currency, doing this. Yeah, the raid, the token system was another thing I didn't get started on. I don't go into for the sake of time. Of, 
or time's sure, sake. But sure. yeah, but yeah, again, token currency. this sounds like they're reworking the token system to make it make sense. You can buy directly with with the currency you've been given, which is the tokens. Uh, but it says also with legendary shards, which is interesting. Uh, we are also adding a new ghost with raid specific perks. That sounds weird. Don't yeah, know about I'm not that. Not really super excited about that. Add a gun or something. Okay, February update: strike scoring, high score tracking. I know you're excited about that because I know you love strike scoring. That was one of the things you talked about in the Destiny Two impressions that you liked. If you look at this though, this is where and somebody else pointed this out on Reddit. What's the top one say? Oh, well, you talking about strike scoring? Oh, you talking about yeah, February update. What is the bottom? What does the second bullet say? Strike scoring and high score tracking. No, the second bullet. Oh yeah, it's going to replace the time limit mechanic. Read it. Yeah, strike scoring is coming to Nightfall. Is it coming to regular strikes? Ooh. Yeah, that's something that somebody pointed out on Reddit, and a lot of people were like, well, yeah, it, it obviously is. And somebody else, you know, was kind of like, well, it may be their clever way of doing it for Nightfalls for now, but not to actual regular not strikes. Not working in a normal. Weird. Yep. So you, you're excited, but also cautious, because it doesn't sound like it's going to be expanded the whole explains game. That, that, that description right there. I've already read through all this, so we don't have to go through all of this. Well, I mean, I don't know your feelings on it. That's kind of yeah. why I'm just like, I won't and, go through all of it. But, okay, let's let's go back down. So spring 2018, this is more general. Crucible. Crucible ranking. 6v6 back finally and ranking, 6v6 which is, is going to be cool because that actually adds a reason to play. Now, what's weird is that they said that 6v6 will be back, but it'll be a separate playlist. It doesn't say it's I like that. It doesn't say it's um, well, ranking either. So I'm, I'm hoping that's what's... Working. Oh, that the 6v6 is ranked? Or there's a 6v6 ranked version. I do not. And like there's that. also a 4v4 ranked? I was though. super excited for the 4v4 thinking it was going to go back to Halo. It's not. It's worse. I liked it because I felt, I felt like it sped it up. But Because you know I didn't play Crucible in the first game because I didn't yeah. like it. Like, I played it, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, okay, so... And, uh, the point system like Valor and Glory is pretty cool, too. Okay, so also seasonal Crucible ranks. So that means that the ranking will, will go with seasons. Which is, which is something that happens in like... A, Rainbow Six right now, correct? That's that happens in almost every game now. It's, well, yeah, I mean, I like Overwatch. Just, it happens in these games as a service thing, right? Yeah, I mean that's like kind of their role. Dota. It's basically like games of services. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You basically, play like placement matches, and then they give you a rank. Sure. And you then you work your way through that rank. rank, and then at the end of the season, the rank. I'm pretty sure you restart. Private matches are back. Hallelujah. They always have been. I thought. Nope. Private matches have not existed in this game. Because you remember we used to be able to do private matches in Destiny One whenever I was yeah, trying trophies. to work towards the trophies. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I mean, and I, must I be also think about that, that moment so clearly. If you literally just want to play with your friends, yeah. why not just play with your friends? Um, that's that's cool. Uh, let's see if there's any other big ones that I thought was like okay. They say additional highlights, weapon and ability balance pass. Now, what the hell is a balance pass? Sandbox adjustments. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what a pass is. Sandbox adjustments based on player feedback and data from the live game. The sandbox team will share specific changes as we lead up to season three. So that's way off. Uh, exotic weapon and armor balance pass. This may. This actually just seems like it's balancing, and that they're using the word pass in a weird way. Seasonal reputation. That sounds interesting. Specific vendors will now display a seasonal ranking. Earning reputation will unlock unique seasonal rewards and reset. That's one of the things I like about Diablo seasons, where you kind of do specific seasonal events, and that gives you. It sounds like it's going to go towards the seasonal sets, which is cool. We already yeah. kind of knew about that. Uh, let's see if there's any other big things. Uh, Multi-emote. When multi-emotes launch, you'll be able to choose which emote Up you have four. equipped to each of your four emote slots. That's cool, because right now you only have one emote slot, correct? Yeah, and that's something everybody's been asking for for a long, long time. Cool. And then the rest is kind of PC notes from the down. Uh, you can add PC chat to the tower, add PC Saw chat that. to the lobbies or something. As I see, and then the last one's fall 2018 or sooner. Uh, we are working on a lot more than we were ready to discuss. So it sounds like item collections and records. Uh, d does that sound like the in the records what you go through when you want to recreate a uh, exotic that you've destroyed? Isn't that your collection? 
and records. You go into you know you could go into uh, it's in the same tab. Well, no, I think you're thinking about the uh, the kiosk. Is that what they? But I thought that's what they call it. Your collection. Where you could go back. I mean, through. I'm sure they do, but like, I, I think what they mean there is like collections and records of uh, new Crucible playlists, e.g., Rumble, which sounds like a specific game mode. Yeah, better clan like, rewards, which say and masterwork exotics. Okay, all this stuff doesn't get me excited because it's in the at the end of the year. Guess what, guys? We just started this year. Yeah, yeah. It's like pinnacle yeah. weapon and gear improvements. I don't know what a pinnacle weapon is. That sounds like a new type of weapon. Trials of the Nine Improvement, Shaders and Dismantling. I don't know what the hell that's talking about, unless it's reworking shaders, which how do you feel about the idea of that? Um, I bet you that's the multi-shader thing. People are, and I, I, don't, I mean a lot of people are mad that when you want to get rid of a shader, you cannot delete the entire stack at once. You're going to delete oh, yeah. one Oh, I remember that. So, so it takes it took, forever. Yeah. took a guy 45 minutes to empty out his inventory. The future of guided games, eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, address solo versus fireteam matchmaking. Was it me and you who played guided games and found that really cool dude, or was that me and Joe? I think it was you and Joe. Okay, we, we, we played for like a half fall. We found a okay, really so that's cool the end guy. of it. It is a pretty big post, but it's also very vague in a lot of areas, which I feel it like is. it's not clear enough on what exactly they're going to be doing. And sometimes, like the, definitely the strike scoring thing, it is weird that they use very specific wording. So in, in ways it's too vague, and in some ways it's a little too worded. I would have almost preferred this to have been vague. But I guess that would have set up weird expectations. I guess it's probably better that they're just saying, hey, it's going to be on Nightfalls. Yeah. But who knows? So, Saul, I mean... Where do you stand on your hope for the games in general? That's kind of where we're at at this particular. I just hope that I just hope that it comes out to have enough content and enough reason to play like this. When's the next time you see yourself jumping in? From what you see, all of 2018, apparently. Like I'm not going to jump in for nothing. None of those little updates are doing. So you're going to wait until the game is wholly changed and different before you try and come back. Which is crazy because I'm pretty sure the very first update, Fallout 18, is going to be replicant of the very first update of Destiny One, which was what was that? Update. What was the big one? Now, no, do, yeah, or do you like, mean like you mean first, like the first the big expansion? Rate, so King, uh, King's Fall, whatever. No, not King's Fall, but that's the third year three, year two. That's what I'm thinking of. And I can't think of what that big, what the big, what was year two? What was year two? The Taken King, right? No, that's year three. I thought Iron Banner was year three. I mean, uh, uh, the what's it called? Rise of Iron was year three. Year four. Rise of Iron is what everybody speculates was cut from Destiny two. Oh, there's a lot of people that think that. that Hold Rise on, of, I thought the only four expansions the in the whole game yet. was Dark Below, House of Wolves. The Taken King and the Rise, and Rise of Iron. It was whenever they added, what was year two? When they changed the light system. Okay, I get where you're going. No, well, they still did that in King's Fall, but that wasn't year two. That was year three in King's Fall. Weird. I do not know what you're talking about then. But, okay, okay, I got you. So you just, uh, you're going to wait until the game is wholly different, though. Wait, I might be wrong. Hold on. I was pretty sure it was Taken King was year two. And Rise of Iron was year three. I don't think Destiny was around for four years. If it launched in 14 and then this one came out... End of last year. That's three years. Yeah, you're right. Changes a week before the launch of Destiny Taken King. That's what I thought. Everybody refers to Taken King as year three, though. I've never seen that, but maybe that's what I mean. I don't know. Maybe that's what Destiny referred to it as, but that was second year stuff. That uh, was the third expansion. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Because year one was uh, taken was uh, Dark Below and um, House of Wolves. Either way, yeah. Okay, so well, I guess we're gonna roll through um, reader mail because uh, I think we've kind of gone through what that topic holds, which is interesting. Regardless, I think it's I will go back to trying to play it when you go back to trying to play it, and that's as far as I'll go with it right now. That's it. I, I don't know if I'll ever play it again, but hey, I'm willing to give it a shot. Okay, reader mail. Let's see. Do 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 do. Now, you know I handle reader mail, don't you dare. Okay, go ahead. So don't I'm you sorry. Dare handle all I mean, I'm stepping on toes all over, right? Yeah, you are. I'm gonna break them all. 
Richard Rivero said, well, since you said other things regarding our post, I always say ask us about games or other things because our reader mail section is always personal. You do not have to ask us about games. Uh, he says, do you guys prefer iOS or Android? Android. We both got Google Pixel 2 XLs. Uh, I'm all about so. that pure Android life. That's where I'm at. Yeah, none of that touch whiz. Yeah, well, I mean, in touch with is better, but I'm still sticking with pure Android. So, yeah, I came off of the Nexus 6P before this. So, yeah, the Nexus series was Google's uh, pure Android line before they came out with Pixel. So, yeah, I, I am absolutely Android, and it's so weird because a lot of people do that. But uh, go ahead, Saul, next one. Sure. Uh, w squared. Uh, I don't know how well Brett can answer this question, but I, I can answer a couple things for him. I did he see said, it. What are your so. thoughts on the Nintendo Direct Mini and the way it literally just dropped out without official notice? I think more companies should take notice. I do agree with that. I do agree that the surprise Direct Minis are super fun. The day before, I was off work, and GameStop accidentally tweeted out saying that there was a Direct 45 minutes later, and they deleted the tweet. It actually ended up being the next day or next morning. So it was a wrongly scheduled tweet, is what it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. But it was super fun because live streamers started going live and like like getting ready for the direct, and it was super fun to get part of the hype with that because I was super excited. But as for the direct itself, uh, super good. Uh, for 15 minutes, I think it's the best direct, mini or small that they've had in a long time. They revealed Yeast Eight. Uh, was it uh, Lacrimosa Shadow- of Dana? Yeah, but Lacrimosa. I keep wanting to say Shadows of Dana. They revealed uh, you know Dark Souls remastered, a couple of Mario things here and there that I didn't necessarily pay attention to. Um, and they, the biggest thing other than Dark Souls is that they revealed that they're making a World Ends With You remaster. And I thought that was amazing because that game's super fun. I just didn't like tearing out my touchscreen on the DS. Okay, so I'm going to say this. I do like the idea of a surprise thing. That was cool. Uh, but that's also not that weird for uh, for uh, Nintendo. They've kind of just been doing that. or It's either no notice or very short notice. So, I mean, yeah, that's also cool. kind of lets you just... You don't feel like you're building up to it, and that means that your expectations don't get skyrocketed. Now, with that being said, also, we hadn't heard much for 2018 at all until this moment, and it still does exactly what I was concerned with in the in the initial set of all this, which is that all it does is still prove that all the Switch is doing is playing catch-up on all the games it missed about the Wii U generation, which is not really helping them very much, in my opinion. Now, we did get a couple of new announcements. We got a new Kirby game announced, correct? Well, it's, it's gameplay, or it's a feature that added... That game's been announced for a while now. Okay, okay. So, and I didn't see that. Uh, so, okay, but it's a game that's coming soon, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, so, and then, so out of out of new games, what was a new game that was announced? What do you mean? A new game that we've never seen on another system before. They added a, like a new expansion or a new content for Mario Rabbit Rabbit's mix up or whatever it's called. Okay, great, but that's not a new individual game. So, was there a single new individual game that's that's never been released on another console that was announced? trying to think i don't think so i don't think so either which leads to my exact problem with the switch is that all it does is play catch up to everything that's been released here it's, it's not well, that I mean, it's ps4 an, does that too well no, no, and i'm not saying it's not an issue but ps4 say, it's, also it's a general this this generation thing is happening where it's a constant well no remasters are different remake. but why would you give a complete direct well, the system is almost relied almost relied on remasters to fill in the gaps nope breath of the wild mario odyssey Right there alone has gotten people to buy the Switch, and then you're not no, no, counting. No, but I'm in. talking about once you have the system. Once you have the system, so you have like Xenoblade Chronicles two to play. You have sure. Golf Story to go through and play. You have Owlboy, which isn't a like. No, hold on, a, I'm not talking about right now. But okay, and there's a couple. Like Owlboy is a good example of a game that is new that they've Hollow done with Switch. Hollow Knight, another good example. But 
for a lot of what's going to bring people to the system, it's the idea of okay, Skyrim. Okay, Skyrim's on the Switch, and it didn't even release with the. I don't think that's going to bring people to Switch though. Like, well, if, but, if you're interested, well, no, in Skyrim, I'm sorry, not bringing. That's and that is the wrong word. That's why I'm saying this is specifically about if you have a Switch. What in like my situation? I have a Switch and I've barely played it since launch, and I tried Xenoblade. Not my taste. I need no, to get back yeah, it wasn't to my you. taste either. Uh, it was a good game, but but my point being, and it, and that's not a high profile release by any standard, in, in my opinion. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's a big high profile. It's release. a high profile <laughs> in a niche area because I mean. I, I mean, it's a, it, it, I, I saw a lot of hype for this game from sure. a lot of different sources. Sure, and I mean, and I think the original Xenoblade did well on them, but you're still talking very few in between. Third-party support still highly lacking. There's very few games that are coming. No, indie support on that game, which is third-party. Almost the I, same thing. What Name some third-party games that are coming. What do you mean? I'm talking about third-party support that's new third-party support in line with everything else. Bayonetta. Okay, but that's not third-party support. That is technically, that's second-party at that, that point. Problem. That's second party though. They that game. I mean, Nintendo Platinum has and the Capcom. Nintendo second ha- party. Nintendo has the yeah. B- Bayonetta came out on Xbox and PC. Bayonetta did, but B- Bayonetta two was specifically Wii U and Bayonetta. Bayonetta well, this is a whole Masters. new Bayonetta game. I know that three. Yeah, and I know, but that wasn't announced at this particular situation. But my point being that second party in the in the extent of I guess you second party you'd say is Capcom actually handling because if I'm not mistaken, Bayonetta two it's was completely uh, pu- published. It was developed by Platinum, but it was completely published by Nintendo. Correct. I don't think so. I'm gonna look. Yeah, look. But that's in the second party sits where it's it's a game that is not a first party studio and not a first party franchise, but it is well, exclusive let me get some to them examples now. Of third party, because I always thought of these niches as 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 third party. But uh, well, some of them will be just literally third party exclusives, like what's what Nier Automata was to us. But I'm pretty sure Bayonetta two was published by Nintendo, publisher Nintendo. That's what I'm saying. So it's second party. It's a, it's a it's a studio not owned by them, just like what Insomniac is to PlayStation. It's not a first party game; it's a second party game. It's a first. I mean, you could, I guess you can consider it a first party IP, but this really isn't first party IP. It's something they just took over. Well, I mean, but like third party, like third party and second party games at this point are all the same. No, when, when I say third party, I mean like okay, games. so we know new games. Okay, like uh, let's just say that they came out tomorrow and said uh, Dark Souls 4. This is just a crazy example, right? So let's say they come out and go, hey, Dark Souls 4, Switch is not going to get that game. We just know it. You know that Switch is not going to well, get I mean, that they game. Got, they got uh, Wolfenstein 2. Yeah, and they, they did they get Wolfenstein. And Bethesda's been the only people doing it. And good on Bethesda. How long that'll last, I don't know. I hope it keeps lasting, but yeah, I don't, outside I don't of that, what has EA done besides two sports games? I don't, I don't think it was actually two think, sports games. I don't games. think anybody on who are fans of Switch want EA. Well, no, but I mean, it's what's going to help a system. Again, it's it's about filling the in-betweens. People, there are still people that don't play indies. We know that. I'm not one of those people, but there are still people that don't play indies. And when I play indies, what I play them mean? on PlayStation. Yeah, I was going to say, nothing the Vita, almost every game you play on the Vita in the past like, year is indies. I play indies. That's what I'm saying. I, thought, I, I, thought said, I thought you just said I don't play indies. No, I said I play indies. I, uh, there are people that don't. We are not those yeah. people. We play indies. But and I think like that's the thing. Is that, so like, what, is the, what is the draw? And I get them wrong. So a little bit different. If an indie comes out on both systems, I'm going to buy them on PlayStation. I think, that's, but, that's but one thing. But here's the problem is I think that you're just not a Nintendo fan that much. I mean, so, I like Kirby. I'm actually probably going to get Kirby. That'll be the first like, game I've got like in a long Mario. time. And like, you like Zelda, but you didn't like Breath of the Wild, which is crazy to me for some weird reason. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just think it's overhyped. I think you should play it again. I think you should try to give it a second go. I don't even own the game anymore. I'll let you borrow it. I think you should. I think you should go. I think you should go at it again. And it's going to feel I've extremely never, boring never, playing the same exact thing that I've already played. You, and you got you can go about it so many different ways, and all the the sh- uh, shrines are so different. Sure, like, let me borrow. it. I don't think I'll end up playing it. You should because I have no pull to pick my switch up because there's not a game that exists. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to pick this up and play. What it about like Stardew Valley? I'm stoked for it. Or 
I just want it's coming to Vita, and I want tw- I want trophies. Now that is a that's a problem I don't, I don't, of my I don't own. Think that's gonna come that's to a Vita. problem of my own. They've already said it is. I, I, no, I don't think that's going to happen. You think, think it'll I fall think through? So, it's going to get canceled until Guar- until it guaranteed. falls through. I'm waiting for let a Vita. the Vita die so Sony can make a Vita too. That's what we need to go with this. Let the Vita die. I don't know. I guess this is a ridiculous topic at this point. My point still stands that I'm not wholly convinced by anything Nintendo's done. This Direct was nothing but a bunch of ports of Wii U games, which, okay, great, but then why have you not brought obvious Wii U games like Smash over? Crazy oversight. I think think that they, with those games like there, I'm pretty sure that they have to give those games like the real attention of their actual full studio because Smash has such a very competitive Smash scene. wasn't even made by their studio. I don't know if you knew that. Smash yeah, was, it was made by... Um, Capcom or Namco Bandai? Namco, Namco Bandai. Namco. Um, but those games are so meticulous with getting everything right for the competitive scene that sure. like people who, when Melee or when Brawl came out and it wasn't as floaty as Melee, people went back to Melee. Yeah, but right? all they have to do is facilitate it. What do you mean? They just have to be like, okay, hey, this is the game we want. We'll pay you guys to develop it. Well, you I'm guys sure, develop sure it. Since they didn't I'm even sure develop it themselves. I'm sure they're doing that right now. And I'm sure they're doing the new Pokemon game now. I'm sure it's all being worked on. I don't know. I um, just still feel like they have not done enough to show me that I want it. Because here's the thing about being a Nintendo fan. I bought and, and really enjoyed the 3DS. Yeah. And from the time I bought the 3DS, which was around launch, to the time that I have the same amount of time that I've had the Switch, so about a year. So the, the year into the 3DS, I played way more of my 3DS than I've played on my Switch. Oh, yeah, probably so, because there was... Um... And that's because a big part of what's coming out, the, the, the 3DS did not have a bunch of games I've already played coming out on it. What is it? What was it called? Rune Factory. Well, yeah. I mean, Rune Factory was actually two, two years three ago, years in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was a while in. My point being, though, there was games I wanted to play. There was a Kingdom Hearts game. There was stuff like that. I mean, they, were, they had Legend of Zelda, one that I liked. They had. I mean, I enjoyed the 3DS much more than I think I'll enjoy the Switch throughout its lifetime, to be dead honest with you. But we'll see. you got to be optimistic, and you ain't being optimistic. I'm not being optimistic, but you they've gotta... shown me no reason to be optimistic, and that's where I stand. I'm actually more mad that they keep putting games on the 3DS instead of making them cross-platform or just putting them on the Switch. I get trying to keep the 3DS alive, but why not make the games for both? Like, Samus Returns, I would have loved to play if it would have been on Switch, and that would have been a true. reason that for me to play game. Switch. And I'm sure that I'm sure that they'll make a... We'll see. Uh, and maybe that'll be the moment. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for the idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stoked for the idea of... of Metroid Prime 4, but that's the only game on the horizon that really looks like crazy. I have had inklings of maybe possibly getting Rayman Rabbids, that's, or whatever, not Rayman, Mario, but Mario Rabbids. Yeah. That's about the only yeah, game. Super fun. I just don't. That's about the only game I've seen that I'm like, oh, and Mario oh, Aces. Mario Tennis. Yeah, not, I'm not big in tennis, but I don't play those types have of you games. You played Mario those. Tennis, though? I played the one on Wii. Didn't like it. I didn't know there was one on Wii. I yeah. played the one on GameCube Boy back in the day. What was that it was called, though? Fun. It wasn't called Mario Tennis. It was called something, but it was tennis. Oh, uh, I. Mario Sports? No. Um, no, it was like, hold on. Ryan Turismo, Mudrunner, came up and said, what other video game podcast or YouTube com- content do you like to consume? So, I don't really listen to... Mario Power Tennis? And you said it wasn't a tennis game. No, I said, it was, tennis. I said it was a tennis game, but the name wasn't Mario Tennis, and it wasn't, um, technically. Get out of here. <laughs> but anyways, so for, for YouTube, for me, there's only like, I only listen to actual one podcast now. And it's called PKA. It's a pain car already. It's an old school podcast with Call of Duty guys on it that don't play Call of Duty anymore. People like FPS Russia is on it. But mainly I use YouTube. It's my primary entertainment place to go. Watch a lot of PC stuff on there. Uh, building videos. I think I may be wrong about the, t- the tennis thing. Not like, not like political correctness. I mean like personal computer stuff. Um, but I watch a lot of stuff on that. I watch a, watch a lot of reviews for things I'm buying. Um and generally, just a lot of things I'm subscribed to. Uh, 
there's a guy named Ice Poseidon who's like a live streamer on there, and I just now found out about him. And me and my fiance have been watching like all of his stuff because that dude is, I'm pretty pretty sure he's just not in the same world we live in. Dude is absolutely nuts. Man, crazy. I cannot figure out what it was actually called, but, but there was uh, something that came out for the Wii that I was like, this is wild looking. But we also own a Comcast, so every now and then we were in videos, uh, or movies, I mean, from YouTube, and I could just throw them on the Comcast. It's like three bucks, four bucks to rent a movie, and it's super, super great. Okay, I was wrong. It's soccer that I was thinking oh, yeah, about, Mario and it was Mario Strikers Charge, but I Which did play actually, Power Tennis, well, but this say, was the cover I had in mind. Well, yeah, I was going to say, Mario Strikers Charge is actually a uh, remake of Mario Strikers for the GameCube. Cool. Look at that. Nothing but remakes, remakes and remasters. Again, so I'm excited as hell for you know, Shadow of the Colossus remake, so... But well, what them. about you? I know you don't watch really any YouTube at all. I don't deal with YouTube too terribly much. Because, I mean, I say I say that. I don't deal with other gaming channels. That's actually so other video game podcasts. I mean, I used to dip into the kind of funny stuff a lot. Time more than anything just keeps me from doing that because I'm constantly doing stuff in my personal life, my work life, and then trying to do stuff for this channel. That's part of that. Uh, as far as other YouTube content that I do consume, it's normally stuff that I can do very hands-off on. And I find myself, depending on what it is, being too drawn to watch video-wise. So I try and do it where, like, one of the things I watch a lot is, like, Ruben Report. I really like Ruben Report. Yeah. Uh, and that, a lot of that comes from the fact that I do somewhat agree with his general lines of, like, where he stands on political nature. But I also like that he he literally just brings in anybody. And I like hearing all the different people talk. That's my thing. I'm like, okay, this dude's a real crazy Republican dude. Let's hear him talk. Let's see what he says. Even if I don't agree with it, I'm just curious to what he said. And I also think that Ruben's really good at facilitating conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's good at asking questions that just – Again, I think it just goes to strengthen. I'm not an extremely political person. I like having the conversations with people I know will not be offended um, by anything that I say, but I also just think that everybody's going to calm down on that kind of stuff, my personal opinion on that. Um, so don't, hey, don't chastise me. But, yeah, I do like watching Ruben Report, mainly just because, like, I was watching some other day, and Hannah goes, why are you watching that? And the way she said it, almost like, I was like, well, why does it matter to you? But she's like, well, no, I was just, we were eating. And she's like, why are you watching that while we're eating? It's loud. I'm like, okay. But I was like, at first, I was like, it's inter it's interesting to me. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to agree with anything these people say, but just hearing people talk about what they believe and what they feel, sometimes from a factual standpoint, sometimes from a moral center that they feel like they have, I just think it's, it's extremely interesting. Let's do another interesting person is, uh, Stephen Molyneux. And I really like Stephen Molyneux. He's, he's, or Stephen, whatever you want. Well, call I was going to say, yeah, you can't say you like that guy in some places of the world because, like, he has, I'll say he has really good debates. Again, I, he's a good, I don't even have to agree with what he's talking about. Yeah, he's a good facilitator. Dude, go watch the Flat Earth. If you no, guys, it's hilarious. No, yeah, you have to go watch his Flat Earth debate. He obviously he's on the side for it being a normal Earth, and then he's he's arguing against somebody or debating with somebody who thinks it's he's flat. funny. The people though, he's such a good facilitator that he sometimes makes the people come out as shallow idiots. in their thoughts. And I'm not gonna say idiots. No, I will, but I'll they're shallow idiots. in their thoughts as as you as they sound like they are. But sometimes you know they you you're giving the benefit of the doubt, but he just puts them in these corners. It's like they really don't. They they haven't critical thoughts yeah. at that point. And instead, and sometimes I wish that people would just be like, you know what? I don't quite know on that. And I'm going to, I'm going to think back on that. You've given me a lot to think about. Yeah. Fine. That'd be a great ending. But sometimes the way that people get up, they just dig themselves into it. I've watched this flat earth debate like five times. And it's entertaining. It's so fun. Single time. Uh, I love watching. See, I love listening to stuff like that when I'm playing games like Sundered that don't have a lot of dialogue or anything. Oh, dude, I was playing Breath of the Wild listening to that. Yeah. Specific yeah. See, that's, that's a perfect example. One. Cause like 
I li- I listened to a lot of Stephen Molyneux when I was platinuming the Crash Bandicoot games. Yeah, and he has he has general uh, really interesting topics and uh, debates with people. So that's I like into I like intellectually stimulating stuff for the most part, but I also do like ridiculous stuff. I mean, yeah. like me and Blaze have been doing. I can't remember the name of the channel off the top of my head right now, but it's this uh, YouTube channel like Syndigo or something like that, and they have like this music video. It's like called Blonde Boys, and it's the most ridiculous thing. I'll show it to you when we're done. But I do like funny stuff. I'm very into comedy. You know, uh, but nut- you like the smart stuff. Huh? Rick and Morty. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, genius. I do like Rick and Morty, stuff like that, but that's not necessarily Your YouTube IQ, related. So. It, it makes you understand. But I, I like ridiculous humor, and I do find that nothing is sacred in humor. I think comedy is completely open to anything you want to talk about and joke about because you're joking. That's the whole point of it. It's a moment of levity and sometimes otherwise very tense and heavy moments. I like that. and something I like in games. So that's where I go. All right. And uh, Shariko asked two questions, but due to time, we're actually going to answer one because we have been going for almost two hours now, and it is Coke, Diet Coke, Vanilla Coke, or Pepsi, or Dark Side Dr. Pepper. Now, what the hell is Dark Side Dr. Pepper? I think he just means the Dark Side is Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is my favorite. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is, is my favorite. And then Dr. If, Pepper. If Coke is an option, it's Dr. Pepper. And if Pepsi is an option, Pepsi or Mountain Dew. But Pepsi, Dr. Pepper. What about you, Brett? Okay, uh, if, if the Dark Side's Dr. Pepper, I'm, I'm Dr. Pepper, man. That's just where I'm at. Uh, I, that does seem like that's where he's going with the conversation. Uh, yeah, I have no qualms with saying that. I'm a Dr. Pepper boy. If they don't have Dr. Pepper, I'm, I'm a wholly fine with Pib because Pib and Dr. Pepper are closer in, in, than Pepsi and Coke will ever be. Yeah, I will drink Coke. I don't mess with Pepsi off the top unless it's just there's nothing else to drink and somebody offers it. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a dick about it, but I'll drink it. That now, makes sense, yeah. I don't normally mess with Coke, but the occasional vanilla Coke is pretty good. No, it's disgusting. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for watching episode 42 of Triangle Squared. You can always find us at our PSN IDs that we link below, as well as Twitter at Triangle SQRD. We always appreciate you guys listening in. We're going to go get some delicious steaks. We hope <laughs> you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you.